if you have a club of all ages in Hollywood called the Odyssey, right? All ages meet all ages, and you got a club that's open from 10 o'clock at night to 5 o'clock in the morning, and they have a bar on, on the right side of it, and you have adults in it. I'm a 17-year-old kid. I'm involved in kilos. I'm involved in coke. I'm involved in you know meeting meeting Hollywood stars. Uh, you know I'm, I'm walking in any club. I got people protecting me. You know I'm a big shot. I'm driving Porsches. People don't pay their bills. I'm taking I'm taking Rolls Royces, four wheel drive. You know I mean who would you know I, I was caught up in. It. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Lang Martinez, and he is a homeless advocate and a, an advocate for for victims of sexual abuse. Uh, and so we're going to have an interview and see how, talk about his life and the progression of his life up to this moment. Check it out. Well, I mean, guys, you know, one, I want to talk about the Odyssey and, you know, and your your story, but let's, let's start at the beginning. Like, where, where were you born? I was born in Los Angeles, uh, in Westside, Los Angeles. I was actually born in Inglewood, and my family moved to Westchester, Westchester, California. And that's close to the beach area, like Playa del Rey area. Marina del Rey. Yeah. What's your, I mean, were you raised, you know, middle class? No, you know, my, my family, I was raised by my stepfather. So I didn't know my real father until I was 11 and found out I was, I was Mexican and my name's Martinez. So my name growing up was Lang Patrick Huck. So my mom divorced my father. I, I have connections. My family has connections. It was an article that was written. It was uh, Ventura County Homeless Advocate, Seek Redemption. And I was interviewed by a gentleman by the name of Mark Alvarado. And he broke down my, who my family was because I've never used them to get me anywhere. So my family is connected to the La Pinon newspaper. It's uh, one of the largest Hispanic publications in the United States, which at this time, you know, it's owned by the LA Times. So I was, they're rich and uh, my mom left my father and we met, she married a gentleman who is my dad, who was a machinist. So I was raised uh, with a great grandma, uh, a sister, a brother, uh, they're stepbrothers, but that's it's my brother and my sister. And we were raised in a 900-square-feet house up on 94th Street in Westchester, and uh, the garage was converted to a, a bedroom for my brother and I and while my sister was in the bedroom, shared a bedroom with my grandmother. Okay. I mean, you were you, you know, what was the school like for you? Well, yeah, I think that's where the confusion came in because... I'm a Martinez. I mean, I was a hub. I never knew who my father was. My mom was getting some child support from my father. So me being a part of the Martinez family, I went to a parochial school. So I went to Good Shepherd Lutheran School while my siblings went to to public schools. So I, I was in parochial school up until I was in sixth grade. Hmm, okay. Did you get in trouble? I mean, were you a good student? No, I, I I definitely wasn't a good student. There was there was mayhem and, and, and trouble in regards to not so much my family. My 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 father never put hands on me or my mother. It was the family that I was connected to. They were trouble. The family that you were connected to, who's that? Yeah, you know, my stepfather's family, their brothers, their siblings, my grandma, and grandpa. 
the people that I knew was my family, they knew that I wasn't really, you know, Gary's son. So, you know, that, that was always confusion while, why I was treated differently. Okay. Did you get into any trouble or? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got, I got kicked out of uh, parochial school. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was in the kickball line and somebody cut in front of me and I, I ended up pushing them. I think that was third grade or so. And I remember back then the family would come down and they would talk to the principal. And, you know, it's under a Christian umbrella. And back then they paddled you. So mom made the, the decision to have me paddle with the wooden paddle. And I think at that time my, my principal was, his name was Oppelman. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you said they paddled, they paddled you and they kicked you out? Yeah, I got paddled and I got suspended for one day. Yes, sir. Okay, but you did you graduate high school? Did you stay in that school until you? No, I I was there until I was in sixth grade, and then I went to a to a public school, and the public school was Override Junior High, which was in Westchester, and then from there I went into Westchester High School. Westchester, I went to Westchester High School, and no, I I I, I didn't finish high school. Okay, what was the what was the issue? What when when I was in eleventh grade, you know, I, I was working for a bike shop called Action Cycle. I was racing BMX. I uh, was sponsored. I think it was at that time it was called Team Kurahara. I think I was on Team Thruster, and I was racing BMX and uh, playing baseball. But I, you know, the grades weren't there. I wasn't going to graduate. And at that time, you know, there was smoking weed and drinking beers and going to the beach parties. And then somebody mentioned something to me and told me about this place um, where I could get a job and, and this guy allowed people to party. I can get into it briefly. You know, I'd I, I love to. So I, I ended up taking this job at this location and there was young boys there and, and the kind of job we did was cutting glass. And this gentleman was a, he sold cocaine and he sold cocaine on a different level. So, you know, in this, it, so me having troubles at home, now I quit the bike shop. I'm working for this gentleman. It's walking distance from my house, you know, over there on 94th Street. And eventually at that time, you know, the, that was back in 1980, you know, the coat, you know, it was the Peruvian flight, you know. And, and what he would do is the employees and would get the coat from him and he was doing stuff outside his business. And he pulled me to the side eventually and he said would you like to learn the business of, of cocaine and that's where it kind of that's kind of like where my life went off and you know from there we ended up and i ended up selling to i ended up i was taught the business of cocaine i mean at that time back to 1980 you know cocaine was going for a hundred dollars a gram you know ounces you know you got 28 grams you know you got you know you, you got your pain anywhere the average individual's paying anywhere from you know, 1900 all the way up to 2500 depending on who you were purchasing it. But it was a thing back then. I mean, you know, there was a, I think they talk about it in, in sticks, you know, the, the song called Snow Blind. And I was a part of that. So I learned how to, especially in the clubs, you know, where the money was being made, you know, you know, you learned how to put 28 on 28. You were connected to shops where you were getting your cut, you know, with the triple beams. You were bagging it up. You were biddling it. And that, that was used at the club scene, and the one club was the Odyssey. 
and the Odyssey is the most recognized club and known by Eddie Nash. So I, I sold there, and then in regards to what, who? So wait, real quick, who was Eddie Nash? Yeah, Eddie Nash was known in the 1980s. He was Pakistani, and he was considered a, a gangster, and he supplied the who's who with the best cocaine in probably in the Los Angeles area, California area. There's many articles on Eddie Nash. Okay. So he was supplying the cocaine. You were selling. Correct. He was were supplying. You working, were you working at the, at the Jew? Were you continuing the uh, racing BMX or you dropped that and you just started working? I, I dropped, I dropped, I dropped everything and I ended up, I ended up leaving home and I ended up, ended up staying with this gentleman who ended up being my perpetrator. Okay. Were you working at the club? No, I didn't work at the club. I, I sold at the club. Okay. You, you, the Odyssey, you know, there's a lot of articles that I'm involved with articles written about me and there was, there was an article that was written in, and one of the things about the Odyssey is that they wouldn't want to discuss because it was connected to the Wonderland murders. The Wonderland murders were murders that took place in, in July of 1981. And the story behind it is that Eddie Nash was connected to John Holmes, the porno star. Information was given. Eddie Nash was ended up being robbed and taken at gunpoint. And there was some things taken from him, jewelry. And then the story is, is that Eddie Nash recognized something that belonged to him that, that John Holmes was wearing. And then from there, you, from there, he was never really convicted of it, but there, there was, they, they called it the Wonderland murders. So the Wonderland murders were, they say one of the, they were the worst murders in California, worse than, than Manson. There was five individuals there and individuals, they say, I don't know, sent people up there to, they say, for Eddie to get even. And there was four individuals that were bludgeoned to death. And there was one individual that lived. So they ended up making a big deal. They had detectives out of LA, Robert Sosa, you know, Mark Lang, those type of individuals. So it was unsolved. I mean, when I talked to like Rolling Stones, or I talked to Marlo Stern over at the Daily Beast or Demer and Eddie's, I, I always asked him, why do you, why do you make such a, why do you make a, such a big deal out of it? And we got movies and unsolved murders, you know, that type of situation that taking place, whoever did those murders, that they were they were gone one hour after it happened, and, and we'll never know who they are. You know, Eddie Nash was involved with the mob. Eddie Nash was involved with the Colombians. Eddie Nash had ties with LAPD, with the with the with the, with the movie industry. Eddie Eddie Nash was very well known. You know, he owned quite a few clubs. You know, he had you know he had a club also. It was a Starwood. And, you know, he had that club and that went up in flames, I think, in 82. And then eventually the Odyssey went up in flames in, in, in 85. So my and my, advoc my advocation and is, is about telling the true story about the Odyssey. And they never picked up on that. I mean, every time they talked to me, they didn't want to talk about it. So I was in a place where I was grown to sell cocaine, to have a sell cocaine. And... The perpetrators that were there were were grooming the individuals that that were either being let out of the Odyssey, or they were there taking young young individuals home with them. You know, you have to remember the tabloid said that 
the Odyssey was a place where young people found their identity. And I have quite a few people, including Dr. Lois Lee, Children Knight, is a validation is we're part of a Me Too movement, you know, going back to the 80s, you know, organized crime, you know, everything in regards to the movement about bringing this awareness, especially now. I, I was there firsthand when when this was taking place. Um, so how, how real quick, how old were you? I, I was 17 years old. 17 years old. And, yes, okay, and you moved in with a man. And what was his name? I'm gonna, uh, we, we, can, we can say his name one time I'm under, under advisement uh, of, of counsel. Well, you could use a different name. I just want to know who yeah. to, to refer well, to. Them. Right. Well, you know, the gentleman, you know, just, we go to John, you know, if you want, if you're Tom or something. Well, you know what? I'd like to do this. I, I was told that I'm able to. On my Google, you'll see a, a, a case that I'm involved in, and you'll see the name of the individual that, that we're in L.A. Superior Courts with. I actually have one of the first cases that go back 41, 42 years now, and it says the perpetrator's name. And I have a very good legal team. And we were, it was actually under John Doe, John Doe. They protect perpetrators. And it was about a year ago or a year and a half ago, the judge said that we're going to name the perpetrator. So that's on my Google. So, you know, we'll, we'll, okay, well, let's just go with John. So yeah, well, you moved, well, you, you moved in with John. Yeah. And you, and you believe, you know, he moved you in there to, to groom you as of, what being a like a sex slave or just having sex with you or no that that didn't take place what what was taking place is is i was selling to the odyssey the odyssey had a bunch of young boys there and young girls there so the gentleman was definitely getting his supply from eddie i've only met eddie one time so i want to make that clear you know somebody you know like eddie nash you're you're not going to meet eddie at 17 years old especially being strung out yourself, you know, or, or use him. Um, so my, obviously my, my gentleman, you know, the gentleman, you said John, right? Right. Yeah. So obviously John had connections. So in order for me to be able to, in order for me to be able to, to, uh, in order for me to sell in his club, you know, it's like being on prison, being on the yard, you know, you got to get that permission. So what, what was basically taking place at that time was, is that, there was more to the story because it's it's a club of all ages. And if you read the tabloids, it talked about broken people, runaways, you know, people that had, you know, young children that had issues with family, movie stars, you know, rich and famous. They would come to the Odyssey and this club was open from 10 o'clock at night to 5 a.m. Well, it also had a barn as well. You know, back back then in, the, in those days, you know, it, it just wasn't at 2 o'clock in the morning that the freaks came out at night. The freaks were already there. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. So what was there? This is a, I mean, is there an actual organization that's, that's luring these young boys into the club? No, you wouldn't have, I have to be very careful. No, Matt, uh, it's a club of all ages. See, when you said it's an organization, no, if you have a club of all ages back in the 1980s, I don't know when he opened it. So I'm not going to, I can't be specific. I know we will elaborate on the date it was open. If you have a club of all ages in Hollywood called the Odyssey, right? All ages meet all ages, and you got a club that's open from ten o'clock at night to five o'clock in the morning, and they have a bar on the right on the right side of it, and you have adults in it. Now it's not an organization. The organization 
what, what, what was the person, the organization or the people involved or the people that opened up the club to let this happen. Okay. So, I mean, so yeah, you can so go men are going there to pick up young boys or girls. Are there, is this boys and girls? Is it? There, there was, there was young females there. Yeah. It, it, like a, it the club itself identified a club of all ages, find your identity that was straight, homosexual, you know, bisexual, lesbian. That, that was children, broken children. Try, you know, they, they were lost just like I was. Okay. So how, how did this whole thing progress? Well, you know, it ended up progressing is, you know, selling the cocaine and then from selling the cocaine there and then being utilized to sell the other cocaine, you know, as far as the quantities to different clubs such as the Chamois, the Mother Load, I think Backstage Studio 12, and the Sunset Strip, that was a, 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 a nude club. You know, how, how it progressed is my, my, my mother got involved um, with the authorities. How, how my mom got involved, that's, 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 I believe in God. So, so how my mom got involved is I'm not home. I'm living in Rada Del Rey. I'm with this guy. My mom's parked across the street. She's concerned for me. And I can tell that part. So I wrote that article. It was called Truth Nobody Knows About My Sexual Abuse and Rape. My mom's parked across the street with my sister in the car. She pulls up across the street and she puts a gun to his head and she tells the man to stay away from her property. He reaches down. He, he bends over, tries to hug my mom. My mom's not having it. He, he ends up saying something to her and my mom ended up leaving the scene and she took off. My, my sister, my mom at that time was in contact with uh, different agencies. At that time, I think Cheryl Daryl Gates was the chief of police. That was Redondo Beach and different areas. So to, I went in a roundabout. So my mom found out about this, that I was involved in something that she shouldn't really get involved in, but she did, is she was in a meeting for mothers, you know, mothers with, you know, children that are bad, lost, you know, a, you know, support group. And my mom was in the support group, and I have the name Lang. And my mom just walked out of the meeting, and this lady runs after my mom and says, I know your son. And my mom says, how do you know Lang? Well, I have a I have a, a head shop, you know. It's called New World, and it was located in a market on, in Inglewood. And my mom said, I understand. Your, your son is with this individual named John, and they have an account with us where they're buying bindles, they're buying daring, they're buying scales, they're buying cut, and 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 and, and, your, and your son is purchasing these things in in, in quantities, you know, cut scales, dialograms, whatever, you know, and that that's how my mom kind of knew what I was involved with with John. Okay, and that's when she, I mean, did she go to you? What did she say? Did she try and convince you, like, hey come home. This is not going to end well. You're going to go to jail. No, she did try. She did try talking to me. You know, she was talking to me before, before, she, before she did that. And, and I, I ended up staying with him. I think at that time there's more to it. You know, my mom, after she put the gun to the head, my mom kind of left things alone, knowing that hopefully, you know, it, it would end up right. And, and it, it did, but it didn't, you know, you know, I was, at, I'm a 17 year old, I'm a 17 year old kid. I'm involved in kilos. I'm involved in Coke. I'm involved in 
you know, meeting, meeting Hollywood stars, you know, I'm, I'm walking in any club. I got people protecting me, you know, I'm a big shot. I'm driving Porsches. People don't pay their bills. I'm taking, I'm taking Rolls Royces, four wheel drive you know, I mean, who would, you know, I was caught up in it, you know, and plus I'm, right. I, I, I'm doing it. You know, I, I remember one time it was, it was a phone call and I was asked to, I was asked to do something and I was with a gentleman we'll call Michael. So we shoot down to a valley area. I, it was either Nordoff or Parthenia. And I, I, it's this white house. It's got a white fence around it. But they're nice houses right there down towards Zelzor, Babola, and that in the valley. And just knock on the door. So I, I got this package and I knock on the door. And it was, it was the one that just passed away. It was Jim Brown. Jim Brown opened the door, saw me. I was white. I look, I'm Mexican, but I'm, I'm white told me to sit down and he went to the phone. I remember yelling on the phone and I remember looking over. To, I remember the person says, big Jim. And I remember looking over and Richard Pryor had no shirt on. He was in his boxers and, and yeah, Richard Pryor. Yeah. Richard Pryor, the comedian? Yeah. The one that just passed away. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He lives. Yeah. He lives on, he lives on Nordog. Huh? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, I can get, yeah. So, you know, before you get into it, just so a little bit of validation. So the, the night in regards to my, what happened to me, right? I, I was, we were with the share. Share, share was with Les Dudek at that time. Les Dudek put together a band called Black Rose. And that was at the forum. And, and she was the front band. The back band was Molly Hatchet. And John, my perpetrator, his sister played studio music. But at that time, Les Dudek. His bass player was not feeling well. So my perpetrator, John, his sisters, either boyfriend or husband, you know, was filling in for, for less that night. So, you know, we were there, we were backstage. So what took place, what me took place after that concert. Okay. Well, what was that? What took place, took place after that concert? What? I, I was sexually abused and I was raped. Okay. And yeah, this was at the concert or? No, it was after the concert. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into specifics because of legalities, but yeah, I was after that concert. Yeah, no, I was sexually abused and no, uh, I was raped. Yes, sir. Okay. What, I mean, did you go to the police? Did you? No, no. You know, when, when something, when something like that happens, you know, you have to understand, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the media. You know, you have to understand about the grooming, you know, when, when a situation like that happens, you know, the individual that's doing it, whether it's to me or to somebody else, is trying to make that individual feel comfortable about what's taking place, you know. You know, it just, it's not something just, you know, right. It's about the grooming process, being groomed. You know, I was at the Odyssey, you know, selling and, you know, there, there was people in there and, you know, they, they, were, they were trafficked out, you know, by security or taking the cars or, or, or take it home and my and the individual I was involved with was part of it with another individual so there, there there's a whole process of grooming you know when it, when it comes to any type of situation where you're where, where you're sexually abused man okay did you and did you feel like would you feel guilty did you feel like you you were selling drugs and weren't in a, in a position to go to the police no. I feel like you know, you brought it on right. to yourself or 
Well, you know, after, after that, after that took place, that was something that, that, that I forgot about. I mean, what, what took place with me was, you know, my prison experiences, what took place in Hollywood, you know, that situation, I, I blacked out of my mind until a few years ago. I didn't really realize what was going on with me because, you know, my pain, you know, I wrote an article. It was called, it was called nobody knows what me God did. And, and I, I, I wrote an article, you know, about me having sobriety three times, five years you know, keep relapsing and people will say, Lang, why, why the five years? And I would always say because of the pain, but I didn't know what the pain was because, you know, it's a regressed memory. And the memory was the realization that then it happened to me too. You know, when, when you're, I'm not homosexual, I'm not bisexual, but when, when you're involved and in, in seeing these things happen, you know, you got a stereotype, you know, of the individual, you know, that it's happening too. And, 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 and and now my older years, you know, I, I see the destruction that it also caused them, whether whether you're heterosexual, you're homosexual or lesbian, it doesn't matter. God doesn't judge. And the fact that you were violated, it, it doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, sir. So what happened after that? Did you stay living um, with John or did you move out? Did you, you know, at that point, when, when did you... Did you keep selling drugs? Stay around the? Did you stay around the Odyssey? Were you, you know, you know, Matt? What I like to do? We got. We can talk about something that that goes into. We do have a case that's filed, oh. and in regards, in regards to the specifics, in in regards to that, right? I can't really get into specifics. Did I end up staying? I can answer that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I ended up staying. You know, I, I was thought. I was thought in my mind that this guy, you know, loved me. And that's what perpetrators do. You know, we can get into the story if you want about, you know, the criminal yeah, and, uh, and about the things that happened to others and that those stories. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really honored. You're the first individual, you know, I, I've had interviews set up, you know, with, like I said, with different media groups. I've been to Hollywood. You know, they've talked to me, you know, talk about you're the validation we know. You know, you're the, you're the first individual to be able to interview me and talk about a, a story that, that hasn't been told that they know, you know, this is the perfect time tell the story i mean i was there you know I, I was there and i saw what they did you know in regards to the murders i'll be real blunt i'll be real blunt with you i i feel bad for the families of, of the lost ones but to be honest with you to make a big deal uh, about individuals that were involved in uh what they were involved in and what they did you live by the sword you die by the sword I, I i really have i really have no feelings for those individuals that got killed i really don't i really i, I really don't care in regards to the tabloids making a big deal about uh, unsolved, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you, you've been to prison. I've been to prison. You know, we've been around gangsters. We've been around killers, right? When you got somebody that, that's calling the shots like that, right? Th th those people, that those people were already terminated immediately after that that took place. I mean, we, we're already now in 2023. We have no DNA. You know, we have DNA. Come on, unsolved. There, there's nothing unsolved, and you never will. It's over with. You know, that's the problem. You know, you got you got a gentleman right now that was that was in a movie. I don't know if you watched it about Liberace's lover, uh, Scott Thorson. Are you familiar with the movie? No, I'm not familiar yeah. with it. Yeah, well, there's a movie about about you know about Liberace. He had a he was a young guy. He was 16 years old. He was Liberace's lover. That's in Rolling Stones and it's in Daily Beast. It talks about the 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 only live witness. Well, that's a, that's a bunch of bullshit. You know, we reached out to Scott Thorson recently, 
And, uh, you know, Scott Thorson, there was an article that just came out in the Rolling Stones by Andrea March. The first one was with Marlo Stern. That was at the Daily Beast. And then we were talking to Andrea March at the Rolling Stone. There was an article that was talks about Scott Thorson and talks about the Wonderland murder. He's released from High Desert. And in the article, it's, it says, that's why we, I do have a team. We reached out to him. In the article, it says that Liberace sent me out because he was in business with Eddie Nash and the clubs, and he sent me out to go get the money from the door. You and I, you and I both know, I mean, it's, anybody knows that there's not a whole lot of money at the door. I mean, Liberace at that time could probably wipe his ass and probably sell his shit. We could probably sell shit toilet paper and get more money than was ever at the door. I mean, let's be real. You know, Scott also says that he, when he went there, that he contacted Eddie Nash and he ordered a pound of cocaine for himself. That's ridiculous. You're picking up door money that's not going to equate to that. And you're looking at the cost of you're looking at the cost of, of a pound of cocaine back then, you know, 16, 16 houses. I mean, let's let's now. But they they write this. I, I believe Scott Thorson, I, I believe, you know, the part about Liberace. I, I, I don't believe that took place. I mean, we we know of Eddie Nash, you know, and to order that. And then he makes another statement. In the Rolling Stones article, he says, we, we know they were drug addicts and some say they were dirt bags and, and, you know, they, they, you know, we have to have closure. And I believe that some of these people are still alive. Well, you know what, you know what, you know, we read, you know, Scott, they're, they're not alive. You know that. And with Scott Forreston at that time, being with Liberace at 16 at the time that I was around talking about collecting door money, well, Scott Forreston was an adult himself. Scott Forreston knows exactly what happened. And we know about those parties and about the things that took place with Liberace and other movie stars. I mean, we know that. I mean, we know that as a people, we know we, we know Hollywood. You know, Scott Thorson was there. You know, the score, Scott Thorson's only telling the part that he wants to tell to try to continue to market himself to see where he can get or you know, get paid where he's at right now, 64 years old. And I, I feel very sorry for him because I. So you were, you continued to sell drugs. Yes, sir. You ultimately did you get caught like how what was the well yeah i you know i, I well i i ended up there 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 was a there was an arrest one time and i i had a large quantity and i i was, I was taken i was taken to a, to a holding place well wait how did you get caught like i mean you well it was under investigation so we were going back to well john so we're going back to my, my perpetrator because it's in the case. So, right, we, I, I, we did end up eventually get busted. I was driving the car. And because of 17 years old and living that lifestyle, right, I knew what to do. So at that point in time, when we went down there and we were in custody, I, I ended up saying it belonged to me. So, you know, when that takes place at that time, you got two individuals arrested and I'm the guy driving the car with the cocaine and, the, and, I, and you got two detectives there. And you say it belongs to me, and that was what I was supposed to do, and I was taught to do. You know, back then as a minor, you weren't getting time. And if you were an adult, then we're looking at it as, you know, why is this adult with this minor? The bottom line is, you know, officer, uh, it, it was my cocaine. And I, I went to the substation, and I was released to my mother, and you know, I went, I went back to him. How, did you, did you end up getting prison time? Did you? What happened? What was the resolution for that? Well, the resolution was, is you know, after, you know, after what took place with me, 
I can't get into the circumstances, but eventually, you know, I, I turned 18 years old. I uh, was no longer involved in his life. And eventually I ended up, I was a salesman. I've always been in the sales. And I, I ended up back on cocaine. And, and the thing to do back then was freebasing. So now we're in 1982, 1983. So I, I started using it again. And that's when, you know, you would put the Coke in the bottle and you would separate it with the ether and you would pull it out and put it on the glass. That's the way they did it back then. You know, that was introduced to Hollywood. You know, the freebasing, what Richard Pryor did with the ether. That's how he caught on fire is what the ether bags. I mean, that's how Ricky Nelson went down in his, in his plane was freebasing. So... You know, there was a way to rock it up. You you had either, you know, chemist-based solution or you separated with chemist ammonia and then you would pull it out with the ether. So I ended up snorting coke again and ended up doing coke again, losing jobs. And, and eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on coke. And eventually in 1986, I ended up, I ended up robbing a, a Kmart. I ended up robbing a Kmart with another gentleman. It was a, a situation. Well, yeah. We were we, we we actually ended up we were boosting at that time and we got the refund and as we were coming out of Kmart, security came after us and the other gentleman with me ended up falling down and I, I ended up pulling an unloaded firearm at, at security and I, I got away for a short time. And you say, Well, how'd they catch up with you? Well, we know when the guy fell out he ended up saying lying. He actually had the he actually had the keys to the car. And I ended up running across the park a lot, and, and I broke into a house while the helicopters and stuff were looking for me. And eventually, I went over the back fence and got a ride from somebody from from in Albuquerque on San Fernando Road. Okay, but eventually you got arrested. What they cut you yeah. at later? They come get you? Yeah, they got they they came and got me a few weeks later. You know, they had they had this the apartment where I was at. They had it surrounded. Yes, sir. So you got brought. You were you brought downtown? Process. Well, yeah, you know, I was I was arrested in the valley. I was arrested in 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 in, mm -hmm. in Van Nuys, and then from Van Nuys you go to the substation in Van Nuys, and then because where the crime took place, I went down to. I ended up going to Foothill Division. Okay. So from Foothill Division, I I ended up you know eventually I ended up going to L.A. County. You know, L.A. County back in those days was no joke. I mean, it was a free for all. You know, you'd go in. It took three days to get booked in. And then you would end up going to the nine thousand floor. That that's that's where I learned to survive. Yeah. And what was yeah, that, what was what was that like? Oh man, I mean, they had bunks. You were on the floor. You know, they didn't have computer systems, so you had count. You had to go on the roof. People were fighting for the phone. I mean, you had blacks, whites, and you know, I had this name Martinez, and you know, they they they, they were taking shit done. You know. If you were wearing tennis shoes or something, it was all about hey, hey, what size are those, and and if you didn't say my size and get up and start chucking them, they 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 they, they were, they were going to you were going to get your shit taken. If you were on the phone more than your time allocated, and you had a bunch of guys on the waiting to get on the phone of the line. Yeah, you better get off the phone because they were going to grab it. So I was very fortunate. I was wearing some Nikes back then with the blue. I had the blue suede Nikes with the white swish and. Uh, there was a big black guy that came up to me and he asked me if I wanted some candy and, you know, smoke, do I need a cigarette? And, you know, what's up with those shoes? And he left for a sec. I didn't answer him. I, I, I'm in, I'm in the 9,000 floor, you know, 9,500. And there was a, there was a homie because of my last name, Martinez. 
And there was a homie uh, across the way, and he was Sparrow from Beakystown. And he called me over and he said, hey, man, your name's Martinez. You're Mexican. And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, where are you from? I said, I grew up a little bit in Inglewood. I, you know, I, I, you know, I know some fellas from the hood. And he said, let me see your paperwork. So I, I showed him, you know, my arrest charges. And, you know, I had robbery. I had 459. I, I had a bunch of charges, you know, when you first start off, you know, it, it's doomsday. I mean, I'm, you know, plus I got other petty thefts. And the guy looks at my paperwork and he says, you know what's going to happen? He goes, you're going to prison and you, 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 need, you need now to make a decision who you got to roll with. And I ended up rolling with them. And he got up and he went over and he talked to that black guy. I don't know the conversation that took place, but that's when I made the point. And I was, I was, part, of, I was part of the Southerners. Okay. When did you, did you get out on bond? No, there was no bond, no. On that on that case there, we ended up we ended up fighting it. They, there was no gun that was found, and I ended up taking a deal at that time for sixteen months. Okay, that was the first time. How much time did you do on fifteen? Do you do on the, would you say fifteen months or sixteen months? Sixteen months. Yeah, and I ended up. Yeah, I ended up doing nine months on sixteen months. But you know, back back then they they didn't have what was called SB sixteen. I think it's called SB sixteen. Back then, you did, you know, tap time or, you know, almost, you know, because you got to go through the transition, you know, to be sexual, you know, you don't get day for day. So I did about nine months. I got out. I, I, re, I re-violated after about 56 days. And when you violate out there, now they, you know, they put different things in play in the 90s as far as halftime. But when you violate then, you, you get the whole violation. They can give you three months, six months. They can give you more up to, not, up to a year. So I, I ended up catching a couple of violations and doing doing the full year. What were the violations for? Well, they're just using or, or stealing or, or, or being somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. You'd get violated back then. Okay. And so, I mean, what was prison? Was prison all right? Was it rough? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was rough, but I, I ended up, I ended up, you know, I think I, I, I talk about that in, in the California Insider. You learn what the rules are, you know, the rules of engagement. You, you and I both know you're going to mind somebody. And if you're running with certain people, you're, you're going you're gonna to act right. And you're going to take direction. You're going to take orders. And uh, I learned real quick being young that I learned how to take orders. Yes, sir. So when you got out, what happened? Did you get a regular job? Everything went well, right? You started selling insurance? Everything? No, you know, I... Yeah, you know, I, I ended up get I ended up getting out, and then you know I, I've always been good at sales as far as a, you know TO closing stuff like that, either working in the janitorial business, car business, or selling even copiers. So, you know, getting out only lasted for a short time, and then I I ended up catching a I catch I ended up catching another case. Uh, I can't remember if that was a G. I ended up catching another case for uh, for burglary. How do you and, catch a case if you're doing sales? How do you catch a case for burglary if you because got a job doing sales? That's hard. I start, I start using again. You know, yeah. as you, I, Ryan, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict, alcoholic. I mean, I I, I just had five years. I just celebrated uh, my five years of sobriety a couple of days ago on the 25th, man. I have five years clean. Congratulations. Thank you. So yeah, like like any any dope pain, you know, you know when when you're in prison. Just like anybody else, you got the thoughts of getting out, getting the girl, you know, getting the job, and that's going to fix me. 
that 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 you and I both know that that doesn't work. That didn't fix you. So you did get the job. Yeah, Bob, but you got back on drugs yeah. or alcohol or some type of an addictive substance and you ended up burglarizing some houses or yeah, one house you got caught right away? No, I ended up, I was boosted a lot in stealing commercial burglaries. They ended up accumulating and I ended up getting arrested for that and going back to prison. And going back to prison, I actually discharged the first number and then I ended up catching a, it was a second number. It was either a K number or a, an N number. I think it was a K number. And so this was, so how long did you do on this one, on this bit? Well, it was 16, 4, 8. I think, I can't remember if it was 3, I can't remember if it was 3 or it was 4, 8. I can't remember how much I did on that one. I ended up doing a few years on it. I ended up, you know, as always, you go through reception at that time, you were going through Chino, you know, so, I, you know, I've done time at, you know, Soledad, I've done time at CMC. CRC, I've done time at, you know, Wasco, I've done time. I, I just I got out of Corcoran in 2015. Avenal, yeah, I, I, I've been in quite a few prisons. So, okay, so you went in that time, got out, got another charge? Yeah, I got out after the Kate number. Yeah, I ended up getting out and I, I ended up getting another charge. That, that, that was the one, yeah. I ended up getting a charge on that one. It was, I can't remember how many years, it was a lot of years. So I ended up taking a narcotic number. Um, California, it was a long time ago came out with an N number so N was a narcotics number so you would get this deal depending on the crime and my crime you know felon parameters so I I, I I took an N number and the judge would grant it and it was a N number and then from that you would go through time in a facility called CRC you know it's supposed to be a rehab right it's wait not. a second wait a second so you got out again you got back on drugs and started selling drugs. No, I, I've never. No, I started using drugs. I was stealing from my habit. The, the selling drugs and selling drugs and stuff like that were were kind of over with when I was a minor. Okay, you know, so I, you you were using drugs, yes, sir. And you got arrested. How did that happen? How did you end up getting arrested again? I I can't remember. I can tell you about the. I can tell you about the last one. I I. If you want to talk about the last one, I mean, yeah, you know, the last one I was strung out again, you know, I was doing crack and at that time, you know, the methamphetamine, you know, the crystal and I was out in the valley and I was hitting different stores and hitting dealers and, 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 and and eventually I I ended up. When you say hitting, what does that mean? You're robbing them? Well, yeah, I, I, I robbed people in my past. Yeah. Hitting stores means I was boosting from them, stealing from them. I'm sorry. All right, so you're boosting from, so, so you're stealing from some stores and you're robbing drug dealers. Or getting stuff from drug dealers, yeah. When you start using, you find other people to be a part of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I never, yeah, I was part, you know, drug, yeah. So right. the last the last one, the last one was 2011 and is 2010. I, I ended up stealing from a, I ended up stealing from a store in La Crescenta. And when I left the store, the highway patrolman put the lights on me and I went into pursuit. And when I went into pursuit, I went into a neighborhood. I got out of the car. I ended up hiding out in a laundry room and there was helicopters. They had me down as armed and dangerous because, you know, whatever was in my file from the past. And they were looking for me for about six hours, door to door search. And I ended up making the LA Times on that one. Yeah. 
I ended up after the helicopters went away. I ended up leaving the location where I was at and stole a bicycle from the from the area next door and I got away. So they, they were already looking for me. And then once I, I got away from that, I ended up back in the valley and I stayed somewhere. I sold the bike I had and then I ended up I ended up jack I ended up stealing a car, Grand Theft Auto. I stole a car and then I was doing the same things and then I ended up on in Burbank at at a mall location. And then when I came out of the location they hit the lights on me too, and that that ended up in a high speed pursuit too. Where it ended up, it didn't last too long. They they had me blocked off, and they ended up getting me in North Hollywood. So I, I ended up on that one. I ended up getting seven years, eight months with eighty percent. Okay, yeah, seven years, eight months. You did eighty percent of that time. So what, five years? Yeah, a little over four years. Yeah, I did that. I did the time in Corcoran. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I got out in 2000, I got out in 2015, right? Got out in 2015, stayed sober, relapsed, you know, ended up relapsing uh, and using. Curl wasn't that stringent. They tried to help you. And then I, I made a decision. And after that number dropped, I, during one of that number dropped, I ended up in LA and I ended up getting myself into a program. Okay, what were you doing for, for work? I was stealing. Okay. Well, now, yeah. See, now, during this time, were you ever married, kids? Yeah, I was married. I I, I was married in two thousand, two thousand part two thousand six, two thousand four. I I was with somebody, and I had a son. And I was in Vegas. I had a janitorial business in Vegas, and I I ended up using that, and I ended up losing everything on that as well. And my wife ended up divorcing me, and her and my son ended up they live in Texas. Okay. Yeah. So you got out recently, 2015. You relapsed. You jumped back on the wagon, and yeah. you're, and now you're doing what? Well, you know, I I I got sober on July 25th, 2018. And I ended up going into a program. When I got out of the program, uh, I came back to, to Ventura County. And and law enforcement didn't recognize me. And you're laying, and how come you laying? Why are you dipper left? You know, living with the homeless population out there as well. And they used to come to the office, and they would ask me how I did it. And I was working out for, I ended up owning that business. I was working for a gentleman, and he was getting upset. I was working for a place right across the street. To where I was, where I was homeless, it was called Plaza Park. So what happened is, I at that time I had a I have a pastor, Pastor Gill. He met with me, and we were standing in front of the business, and he said, "Lang, why don't you look across the street?" And I looked across the street, and there was about fifty homeless in the park. And he said, "I want you to look, Lang." And I said, "Okay." And he said, "That's your calling." So. I ended up speaking and I ended up speaking to city officials showing up at meetings. I was in the first documentary, Humanizing the Homelessness in, in Oxnard, and there was a panel. I was with officials. First article, I think, went out. It was the first article ever released in the newspapers about a homeless individual. It's called uh, Being Homeless in Oxnard Park. Yeah, nobody knows what me being homeless in Plaza Park. And then, and then there was other articles going out, and then I ended up getting caught up with officials and, and in regards to homeless encampments, 
going out and, and doing outreach. And then it, it just went from there. I ended up uh, being in a, quite a few publications. And there was another interview with me. It was called The Plight of a Homeless Man. That was one of the first articles with the interview to go out in Ventura. And then, and then I was eventually in, in other publications, recovering, Keys to Recovery magazine. I was in a few of their editions. I was in their anniversary edition, the five-year anniversary five-year anniversary edition, they had a, they had a celebration where they were giving an award to Danny Trail, the actor. And then I, I, I've been in quite a few articles, I think 30 something or, yeah, I re, yeah. So in, go ahead. I was gonna say, are you, and you're running that business today? The, the credit business? Yeah. No, no, the credit business is called one, two, three credit fix. I ended up owning the same credit business. What happened is the credit business right now, we're not doing it. I had a situation that came up a couple of years ago and, you know, being caught up with city officials and, and politics, I, I, I had something happen to me December 10th, a couple of years ago. And I was, I was arrested for something I didn't do. And they had gun charges on me, home invasion. And, and I was arrested. In fact, I was in the, the Mentor County Star newspaper on the 5th of that December. 10th, I was arrested. I was supposed to speak in regards to the longest day, in regards to homeless individuals that passed away. And we ended up, we ended up, that one, I ended up, we ended up bailing me out on December 28th. And, and May 4th, that made the newspapers too, not in a good way. They, they had me on news break, homeless advocate, blah, blah, blah. And then May, May 4th, judge, it's in the article, homeless advocate seeks redemption. The judge went to the DA and, and said, we're not going to charge him. And they said, pursue it, uh, pursue it, 1385, 1385 point something PC. And in the interest of justice, we're vacating all charges against Lang Martinez. So I had the credit business. What happened is the media went off at that time. So we left and I ended up going to the Valley. And I, I, was, in, I was in the Valley. I really ended up getting me an apartment in the Valley. And we wanted things to calm down when the, when the charges were dropped. That was on May 4th. And then finally, it hit the Google, all charges were dismissed against Lang Martinez. And then we did it carefully. And then there was an article, the same place I was arrested, Fillmore. We wanted the article to go out in Fillmore. So the article of Homeless Advocate Seeks Redemption went out in the Fillmore Gazette. And that was me being interviewed by Mark Alvarado, who used to work for the, the city of Oxnard, kind of explained my journey. And, and go back a little bit in regards to the crime in 2011. My people were able to reach out to a Center Weekly in LA Times, and they they re -inter they interviewed me, and uh, there was an article that went out to an apology to the community. You know, the program talks about making an amends, so there was an article put out where they it was a true article, and they they where I, I wanted to apologize for my actions, and I also wanted to say that I, I didn't make excuses for what I did. So yeah, I mean, I've been in, I've been involved in a lot, man. All right. What's your primary, what do you do for a living now? What are you doing now? Right now I, I work for, I work for a gentleman. He has a, he has a, a location that it houses uh, quite a few individuals in Oxnard and, and I, I help him right now. I also like a shelter. You work for a homeless shelter. It, it's, it's like, it's, it's not a homeless shelter. So a homeless shelter is something completely different. Than, than a place where people are accountable. So I work for a place 
it's like a silver living okay. play. And he's a gentleman that owns a real estate company. Uh, he has his own franchise. Right. And then I, I get paid for other stuff, whether I do speaking or, you know, as far as honorarium, stuff like that. I just got done doing what was the last two articles, you know, because of the homeless situation or everywhere. I, I, we ended up, I ended up, I wrote an article. It first went out in the VC reporter. It was called transparency and the millions of dollars being spent. And then I, I wrote another article that went into Montecito journal. And that was called vagrancy versus homelessness and the millions of dollars being spent. And then, you know, I, I get, and then after that, I ended up doing, I ended up doing California insider. And that's with the uh, Epic times media group. And I, I did that interview a few months ago. All right. So that's about it. So, you know, I, I'm an advocate. I, I, you know, speaker, you know, you know, I'm very blessed to be on, on, on your show. Uh, I was asked yesterday if I would speak for a, a group called Active Faith Organization. That'll be coming up on August 12th. And then I think next week I'll be going to either Modesto or Fresno. Oh, it's called uh, Katie Media Lance Kimmer's last name. He has a he has a, a podcast like you called Breaking Down Doors or I can't remember now. I think I'll be on that next week. Okay. What well, do you feel like? There's anything anything else you want to discuss? Well, no. I mean, I think you know where you where where you've been and most of your guests on your shows. I mean, the biggest thing. I mean, the biggest discussion right now is the awareness and and, and about the children. You know, the movie just came out. You know, sound sound freedom, and uh, you know it's it's it, it it it's it's real. You know, it's real. There there's untold stories. There is Hollywood. I was there. You know, you know people don't want to talk about it, but but it's real. You know, adults indulging themselves with minors is real. You know, I, I'd like to say you know when we go back to the Odyssey and stories that that, that aren't told. You know, when I talk to somebody in the media, I say, we got, we got individuals. Yeah. They, they lost their lives, but, but we have, we have thousands of lives that were destroyed. We have thousands of lives that, that were destroyed by, 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 by individuals that took advantage of, of our innocence and, 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 you know, we, we call them pedophiles. We call them perpetrators, chicken hawks, whatever name we want to put on. The the bottom line is these individuals that are doing these these things to kids, they're they're monsters. Matt. They're 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 monsters. You know, they they, they have no right to do what they do. You know, I'm I'm very blessed to be a part of Children of the Night. Children of the Night's an organization out here in, in the valley, Dr. Lois Lee. And and what she does is they go out and they've been doing it since seventy nine. And they've been rescuing runaways and prostitutes off the streets. Dr. Lee has an organization. Dr. Lee was also at the Odyssey. And, and in fact, she was out there pulling children out of the Odyssey. And she tells me when we talk sometimes, she says, Langno, I can still see their faces. And I said, I don't know. What do you mean, Dr. Lee? She said, a lot of those children ended up with AIDS. And, and, and I was there when they, they passed away. You know, she was there. You know, so... I'm involved with uh, NASCA, National Association of Adult Survivors of, of Child Abuse. So I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of things like, you know, what, what you do is trying to give back. 
is, is I want to get back from the life that I am today. You know, I'm no longer that person that I used to be. You know, I'm just trying to do the right thing one day at a time, Matt. Hey, do me a favor. If you like the video, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Please consider joining my Patreon. It's only $10 a month. That's really nothing, honestly. Leave me a comment in the comment section, and we will put the links for Lang's social media or in any type of the advocacy groups that he works for in the description box. And I really appreciate you guys watching. Thank you very much. See ya. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and uh, I am here with Alex Rosen, and he is very much like a, kind of like he he runs a channel on Rumble that is very similar to the show that Chris Hansen used to do, which is, you know, uh, which was a hugely popular, and it's basically he's exposing guys or people, I guess, in general that do inappropriate things or attempts or say, listen, but just watch the video. It'll be all right. It's worth watching. So I had a, but I had a guy who mentioned in the comment section, Hey, cause it, people will watch this. They'll say, well, this isn't his tip. Although this is still crime related. It's crime related. Definitely. Right. Um, but a guy said, Hey, uh, you have to check out this guy. And he gave me your name and your channel and said, you have to check him out. He's in Florida right now. And I was like, um, okay. You know, and I, I, I didn't like, I didn't know who you, who you were. He explained who you were and what you did. So I screenshotted it. I sent it to my booking manager and like, it was either the same day or the next day he was, I got the guy, I talked to him. He's in Florida. He can be there t either today or tomorrow. And I was like, like, wow. And then we talked and then this, that was yesterday. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you're here today. Uh, and I actually moved some stuff around. And um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because even still, even then, I was like, like, what? I don't understand. Like, who who is this? So he sent me the video, and I watched the video of the um, rental truck video. And um, the guy had driven, what, several states over? Yeah, I drove from Ohio all the way into Pennsylvania. It was only like an hour, but, like, crossing state lines, renting a van to do it. I mean, right. that's pretty... Pretty insane to meet. To meet, I mean, can I say it was basically to meet uh, like a thirteen-year-old and, and a nine and a nine-year-old yep. <clears throat> to meet them to um, anyway to to see what happened. So he, but the way you like, you know, I I've, I've seen these kinds of videos and the guys get out and they're super aggressive and they're just and they're they're super condescending. Like like a Hanson would go in and as soon as he walked in the room, he was so condescending. He shut the guys shut down right away. But you, you like walked up, said all the appropriate things, said, Hey, let's go ahead and talk outside. You, you were, you were so non-judgmental that that guy just started just spewing out everything. And I noticed after a while, he kind of started backpedaling. Yeah. He started yeah, realizing yeah. like, this isn't like, I'm saying the wrong things here. And, um, and, and, but by then it was just way too late. And I mean, it was just, you know, unfortunately. I even mentioned to Connor, I said, I hope this guy has a sense of humor about this. Not that it's a funny subject um, because people get nuts over it, but it's just the the absurdity that these guys and the lengths that they go to. And it's just, they're so oblivious to what, what's happening, what they're doing, that that is wrong. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's insane. So that so how how did you get into this? I'm sorry. So basically, uh, I started doing this at 19 years old. I'm 22 years old now. I know you see the hairline and everything, but you got to understand dealing with these people for three years, seeing all these you know pictures sent online that I'm not going to say here because right. you know I care about your channel and yeah. stuff like that. But um, you know, seeing seeing all of that stuff, I mean, then having a bald dad, you know, it, it makes me look way older at 22. You know what I mean? But um, so anyway, I've always wanted to be a police officer. I'm from Houston, Texas. I still live there, sadly. And, um, you know, so I was playing college football my freshman year um, at Texas Southern University. And uh, we had three weeks off for summer. Like, you know, we just finished, finished like spring ball. So we have like three weeks off. And, you know, I was going to bed like at 10 p.m. every single night, waking up at like five to go do the morning workouts and whatnot. And, you know, so I just break all of that for the three weeks of summer. I'm like, oh, finally, I'm going to eat some ice cream now. I'm going to... You know, that I'm still doing it sadly now, but like, um, you know, just break this, go to sleep at 6 a.m. So I got into like these videos and, you know, I was like, this looks really fun to do. This is interesting. I'm like, I got nothing else to do. Like, because, you know, I see the Hanson, see all this. I'm like, there's no way there's so many people going to do it. I'm like, I can't even conceive, like, even, you know, I was at the time 19 years old. I'm like, I, okay, I can't even go meet like a 15, 14, 16 year old. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even comprehend this. But, you know, so I was like, let's see how let's see how fast this actually happens. So I just throw up a picture on Grinder. Um, it's a gay dating app, and within 30 minutes, somebody wanted to go meet who they thought was a 15 year old boy. And I was like, no way, this is this common. And just those three weeks, I just kept doing it over and over and over again. And it was just so easy to get these people. And um, you know, it was it was very fun at first. I always wanted to get the bad guys, and I couldn't be a cop yet. Um, I think I was just going to do two years of college and go be a police officer, but you know, it wasn't set in stone yet. And you know, it just kind of led to where we are now. Like, it started to get so bad. Like, you know, there's one catch that's on Rumble now um, where we confronted this guy working at an ice cream shop. Um, and the, his coworkers were defending him. And I'm like, okay, this is a serious issue. And that's kind of what turned on the passion switch. It was like maybe the 10th catch. And then from there, you know, there was a time like in 2020, I'm like, okay, we're going after people, going after 15, 14-year-olds. Let's see how deep this really goes. And now the past trip that we just did, we caught two people that were into infants and dogs, and they were both arrested. It's, it's a very deep rabbit hole with these people. So you contact the authorities. Like when you're on your way to meet them, you guys call the authorities and say, look, this is what's going on. We need an officer. Or do you do it like as you're talking to these guys and you're wrapping up? Do you guys then call or – like, how, how does that work? Um, it's kind of a combination. So, for example, um, the guy that was into uh, the guy that was into infants and dogs in Arizona, we called the cops midway through because typically what I like to do is, you know, we have the messages always set in stone. Um, then we have, hopefully, which happens a lot, them confessing on camera to what they want to do voluntarily. Like, we don't say, do this or else I'm going to do this. And... Um, you know, so we have all that. Then I tell one of the people, go order the fried pickles. And fried pickles is code word for... Um, I knew something was up. I fried knew pickles it when I saw that. Cops. I don't know how many uh, criminals watch this channel, but um, ignore what I just said if you're watching yeah. and you're a criminal. Because at one point you said, hey, uh, can you go ahead and get the fried pickles? Because I, yeah. I, I come here. I, I always get them when I come. And... And I thought that seems odd that out of nowhere he just said that. Like that's got to be kind of like I'm not like that fat to where I'm ordering like actual food like mid cash. I mean I'm getting there, but not yet. And you know, so then with the guy in New Mexico, uh, the decoy reached out to the sheriff's office beforehand, and they were willing to technically not work with us, but they were willing to be aware of what we did. Right. And 
you know, they just happened to be watching the stream as we were doing it. And, you know, when I ordered the food, they just happened to be around the corner and go arrest the guy. So, you know. Um, well, man, that you know, I don't even know where to begin. Like the guy, I was going to say, the one the one yesterday, he, yeah, he, he just started to spill everything. Just started very, you know, but the thing is, the well, first of all, you're a big guy. So it's not hard for you to move the guy to, you know, and you you just said, hey, let's talk out here. I mean, the guy's like looking up at you. So he's like, uh, okay. So he immediately bolts out the back and you're standing there. But you're all, you were also, you know, you, like I said, you were non-confrontational, non like, like I can't see where he would say, oh, I felt uncomfortable or anything like that because you were so just, you know, appreciative of him moving out there, talking to you, having conversation. And multiple times you were like, Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think that's weird at all. No, that's fine. No, no, no. That no. I, you seem like a nice guy. You were very. You know, and you're pulling out the transcripts of the phone of the of the text conversations, and you're like, well, here you say this and this. I mean, you seem very respectful, and and you know, you were going on and you were making him feel comfortable. And the more comfortable he felt, obviously, the more he, he talked. Yep. But God, the stuff he was saying. I know. I know. I, I mean, he he was. Absolutely one of the worst. I mean, he worked at a daycare. And, right. you know, that's for one reason only. And um, he rented the van. He rented the van. Oh, what? What? As soon as I saw the van, I said, well, <laughs> there's no reason for like a 45-year-old man to go meet yeah. a, couple, a couple of young individuals with a van. Like that immediately makes me think serial killer. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he said he's been caught before by cops doing this and they didn't and they press charges. They dropped the charges. I don't understand. Charges. You know, so that's, that's crazy. Like – Especially when it comes to something, because you know, with you, um, you know, you got arrested for fraud. That's fixable. You know what I mean? You're not, you, you're right. not, you're not genetically a fraudster. But I think these people are genetically, um, you know, the way they are. I would yeah, just say. Yeah. And you know, when they show you that the first time, like, believe it. You know, like, there's no, like, I, I guess even with something like, you know, say, say I go ahead and, uh, um. Uh, how do I say? It? Just rope some rope somebody. Add a G to the beginning of that word. You know, right. just grab their. But they're my age, right? You know, I can. Um, you know, I can. I can fix that. I can just not do that again. But I think with them, when they're going to try to meet, you know, younger ladies under eighteen off the internet, I don't think that's fixable. I think in their head, they just have to do that. That's just how they are. So, I was so, so when I, I went to prison, obviously, um, I told you that. But I was. You know, I, I was held in like a marshal's holdover for like a year. Then I was sentenced. Then I did thir- I did three years in a medium security prison. Well, it so there's not a lot of of offenders there like this, right? Um, because they'll hurt them. You know, they, like they they're not, they don't do well, right? Right. Um, you know, they basically have to stay in the unit. They they don't go in the rec yard. They if that when they go to chow to eat, like they literally when they call last call. And basically, the chow hall's empty. These guys, there might be 10 out of 1,800 guys. And they'll immediately rush out of the unit, go straight through the line, grab their food, eat as quick as possible, go back to the unit. Because they have a unit that had, is it, there at Coleman. They had a unit that was specifically for um, people that had mental problems. And they would stay in that unit. You know, and they're, I mean, like guys that are schizophrenic or right, uh, right. epilepsy or, you know, different issues. So, but at the low... 50% of the inmates out of 1,800 inmates at the low security prison, 1,500 were either there for that specific charge for looking at pictures mm-hmm. 
almost all of them in federal are looking for uh, pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, they ne- they're not. We used to call them hands on. They're not hands on. Right. Right. Um, hands on typically end up in the state. It's a state crime. Right. If you're looking at things on the internet, the feds get involved. Right. So most of these guys looked at stuff on the internet. Now, some of them had actually videoed things and they actually were a part of um, creating, you know. Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, there was there was at one point, I, I, the, the there had been like a bust of, God, honestly, there was probably a thousand, maybe even more, of guys that were paying like Four or five hundred dollars a month to be a, a part of a website where a father was doing things to his daughter since she was like the age of like nine, and she'd been he'd been doing it for like three or four years. Eventually, a guy got caught for something else, and he told the authorities, "Listen, I can help you with something. This is what's going on. I'm a member of this site, and the site's huge. And so they go in and they get all of these guys like I, IPO addresses. They trick they." IPO? IP. I, what? IP. IP addresses? Yeah. What am I saying? Okay. Their IP addresses, they track them all down. They set up stings. They arrest hundreds of them. Nice. We ended up getting like, we probably had 30 of the same guys on the same case. Like, they don't know each other, but they're all in the same case. Uh, and, and so, like, you know, that's extremely, like, to me, it's like, you're looking at a, at a, at a, a picture, an underage, you know, underage person, a picture of them. Like, okay, you didn't really do anything. Like, I get it. You know, you're a sicko. You're a pervert. You need counseling. I don't know if you know, need prison, but whatever. I don't make the rules. But you're a member of a site where some guy is doing something. Like, you're you're promoting that. Right, right. It you're like, paying. Yeah, it fuels, it fuels the market for it. And I think, I think they're indirectly, I think they're indirectly doing it. I mean, the same way, the same way that these OnlyFans people get this affirmation because all these simps are like, you know, promoting them. It's, it's, it's the same way. Like without, without all these people paying for it, would the abuse still happen? Maybe, but would it be, I mean, it wouldn't be distributed like it is. And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get to a point where the dad's doing it for like a profit. And, you know, he wants to like do it more and more and more. Hundreds of guys, hundreds of maybe even thousands of people are, are paying. And this is the thing too. This is what killed me when somebody had told me about it, like, hey, bro, like, we got like 30 of these guys from this one. I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, they've been coming in over the last two couple, two, three hey. weeks because they all get sentenced at different times and moved. So over the last two, three weeks, they're like, that guy, that guy. I'm like, oh, wow, that, okay. And I remember saying, um, well, I mean, you know, and, and they were saying, yeah, those guys are like contributing to yeah, of course. This, this crime. And I remember saying, I was like, I said, well, I mean, what would someone pay for that anyway? And they were like, the guy, and he, they told the exact figure. And I remember thinking, that's a car payment. Like, you've got, you're making a car payment to, to be a part of this, this site. And one of the guys was a principal of a school. A lot of these guys put themselves in a position to be around young adults, right? Yeah. Or, I want to say young adults, you know. Younger ladies under 18. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, the daycare worker, um, gosh, the guy, the video that we posted, uh, two videos before that, that guy, he went out, I mean, he has no job, he didn't do anything, he's on He's on welfare, but he made sure that he gets to babysit his friend's kids. Like, the one time he leaves his house, he's doing it to babysit his friend's kids. Like, when we confronted him, he was in his pajamas, like, at 6.30 p.m., you know, but he'll get, he'll get dressed and suddenly want to be social um, to go do that. And, you know, it's not a coincidence. Like, apparently, 
at the daycare, the guy's only been working there for a couple weeks because he just was homeless. He, you know, got his life back on, well, <laughs> temporarily back on track. And um, so luckily he was supervised by like the, the other woman there because he couldn't be alone with the kids yet. But I think it was only a matter of time. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad he decided to go do this. Actually, I'm glad he decided to go do because we all know how he was because he's been caught before. He has that attraction. So I'm, I'm glad he slipped up again and they got exposed for it. You know, a lot of these guys, like, they'll get time. They mm -hmm. get out. So first of all, it, it, it's funny because in Florida, they used to not let them go to halfway houses. Right. And that's a big I mean, I know you don't you know, you've haven't uh, been locked up, but like you go to prison for five years, you've lost everything. Right. You know, and you get you need to go to a halfway house uh, for six months or so to just to you get a job, you save some money. Like if they if they just dropped you off at the corner, like, how am I going to where am I going? Right. Oh, your friends and family. Well, what if you don't have friends and family? If you're a criminal, there's a good chance that they're they've turned their back on you. If you're one of these guys. They're done with them. Oh, yeah. Like, almost always. And then Florida used to, really only about a year ago, they started letting them go to halfway houses again. It was like 10 or 15 years where one had gone to a halfway house, committed a crime in the halfway house. They said, uh-uh, we're done with these guys. And they cut them off. But they just started letting them go again um, to, you know, get back on their feet. But then they can't, it's hard for them to find someplace to, to live. They're all terrified of what's going to happen when they get out. Um, they do not have a, an easy time in in Coleman, like I mean, in prison. In Coleman, they had an easier time than most prisons at, at the at the low that I was at because it almost caters to them. But they still they're bullied, they're pushed around, they're told they can't watch TV. They you know you can't come in the TV room. You can't that it's it's. It's rough. And then they get out. Of course, they have to start their whole lives over again. So the, the so there's a lot more stress on them. And a, I'm telling you right now, a ton of, not a ton, a lot of them do come back. There were some guys that had been in state prison once or twice and were now in federal prison for 10 years. Like, like you, listen, it took me one time to go to prison. Right. I'm not going back, you know. But you're right. There's something... They're wired wrong. And the, the other thing is now they have something called the um, – it's like public – it's a public safety factor where they make them go take a course. And if they don't pass the course, then they won't release them. Like they can permanently keep them in prison supposedly. That's a law, but I don't know if they've done it yet. The other thing is when these guys get out and they're on probation, they make them take a lie detector. They're not – typically not allowed on social media. They like they're on. They're like they're on them. It's a, it's a it's yeah. They're supposed they're supposed to be on them. Law enforcement often questions him, not because he's suspected of a crime, but because they find him fascinating. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't typically commit crime, but when I do, it's bank fraud. Stay greedy, my friends. Support the channel. Join Matthew Cox's Patreon. The the amount of uh. Offenders? Yes, the amount of offenders that we've caught. Um, gosh, I'd say probably like 10 to 15% of the people we catch are offenders. Like the guy in New Mexico, I mean, he was facing charges for, um, you know, viewing his phone the wrong way. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, he faked, from what I understand, he faked his death. Um, Carlsbad, New Mexico PD thought he was dead. And, you know, because we showed his face to the detective beforehand. And he's like, he's dead. I thought that guy was dead. He sure it's this guy? And 
so I have a video. Yeah. <laughs> so then we like so he turns out he's living in his parents' shed. Um and he has a VPN to show he's in like in a, a city like 30 miles north. And he ends up going to meet like he was originally supposed to meet a one three year old, like I'm sorry, a thirteen year old, you know. Thirteen year old. And he ditched that to go meet who I was posing as. I was posing as a mom of three kids, seven, two, and one. And he he just stopped talking to the thirteen year old, went to go went to go to them instead. And then when we go meet him, um, he wants to go meet at a church. And he's like, I'm over here, I'm over here. Like he was we were supposed to pick him up and take him to the house. But then he just confesses to wanting to, you know, he had a, he had a line. He said he wasn't going to do anything to the one-year-old, but he, he the two-year-old, he that was fair game to him. I mean, this is genuinely how he thought. And he just admitted to watching 20 years worth of uh, illegal stuff on his phone. And then the cops came uh, about 30, 40 minutes later. They were watching the stream, and I deed him. And, well, he, he wasn't dead, and now he's uh, in jail, and Eddie... In Eddie County, New Mexico, uh, jail for the moment. Um, so, do you sometimes have to have to go like once they grab these guys? Do you sometimes have to go uh, and testify at like a trial? Like, do they go to trial? Uh, very rarely, um, not rarely because they don't get charged. Rarely because I mean they're on video saying what they're going to do, then all the messages. So, I mean, they'd be dumb to yeah, not yeah. take a plea deal. But there's one person that did in fact go to trial. Um, that I actually had to go. Supposed to testify this morning at a uh, preliminary hearing, but they waived it last minute. I was going to do it over Zoom for a guy in Pennsylvania. But there is a guy that went to trial. His name is Jeffrey. Uh, God, I don't even know how to say his last name, but it's, it's a really w- weird name to pronounce. I think Wanninger or something. And um, he's in Iowa. And so the trial wasn't specifically for the charge of trying to solicit one of our decoys. It was for a CHOMO charge. And... The reason why I had to testify in that is because on the video, he admitted to me to, you know, um, having a relationship with his stepdaughter. And so they played that part in court. He pleaded not guilty to it, despite confessing to the detective, confessing to me, having the messages saying he did it. And he got sentenced November 7th to 35 years in prison. In state? In state. Yeah. And that's not all. Then he's also now in Polk County jail because he got he got convicted in Madison County. He's in Polk County, Iowa jail now. Um, he's awaiting trial for now our video of soliciting the decoy. So he's going to jail for the rest of his life. Luckily, jeez, I can't imagine going to a state facility at, with that charge. It oh would yeah, be horrible, horrible. I mean, there's like two people in Iowa, so he he might be okay, but like, probably still probably not. They, they don't punch him out. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 not gonna be it's not gonna be hard. It's not gonna be easy. I mean, no. it's it's gonna be some hard hard time. Um, I was trying to think what what are the other things that I'm trying to think of all the different things that they're trying to do to curb the behavior and curb like you know they can give them shots. They can do there's all kinds of stuff that the federal government tries to do. They monitor the hell out of them. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what, what stops it. I, I think, like, I, I just think that, you know, there's a, you know, there's just myth in society that everybody's equal and deserves a fair shot. I think it's, I think that's BS. I don't think everybody's equal. I think those people are, I think, I think those people are just, I'm sorry. Some people are just born messed up 
And, you know, I, and I think this has to do with, in, in a way, kind of how politically correct we're getting. Like, oh, it's okay. They're just, they just need help. They just need help. No, there's no helping these people. They're like, they're like the Energizer Bunny. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep moving their legs to what they want to do. You can put a roadblock in front of them. Okay, you remove five years of prison. They're going to keep doing it, keep doing it. There's no stopping these people. Like, there's no... Like, okay, so I got arrested in 2019 for uh, DWI, and I was, in, dude, I was on the wrong side of the road. It was dark as heck, and I was in the country, so I didn't know what side of the road I was on. But, you know, I, I did six hours in jail, and that's enough for me to, like, really make sure, like, okay, this is this, this is that, don't do it. And, you know, I ended up getting dismissed because I had nothing in my system. But, you know, that's enough for me to, like, curb me. Like, that's a, that's a, six hours to me is a wake-up call. And for a lot of these people, we caught a guy in Ohio. He did 20 years for... Um, you know, making his uh, daughter's belly big via, you know. Right, right, right. And he did 20 years for it. Right. He's, he's literally got out like a couple years ago, and he's trying to um, go talk to an 11-year-old. And he can he confessed to it. He even sent over... Um, he even sent over an illicit image to who he believed to be this, um, you know, young younger lady under 18. And... He just went right back into jail. He just told the detective after it happened. And, you know, next thing you know, just a week later, we just see him on the list as like in, in, in jail. Um, so, I mean, I have a, a, a slightly different, you know, um, because I because I, I was in a prison where like half of these guys either, you know, they had either those specific charges or those charges in their past. Like you might be here on a, a completely different charge, but right. in your past you had a charge. So they can't send those guys to you can't send those guys to just anywhere. You know what I mean? Because then they because one of the things that happens when you get to prison is they want to see your paperwork. Right. So it's going to be listed in your paperwork. They're not going to be okay with that. So, um, but you know, I spent so I spent a considerable amount of time in a prison with with the with these guys, and clearly there's something not right. You can look at them and tell oh something. We actually had him kind of categorized, like he's a sleeper, you know, he's a sloth, which we, or he emotional, um, uh, he's emotionally, emotional, was it stunted, emotionally underdeveloped? So I forget what it was, but what, what, and I don't know the exact statistic. I'd love to know what the statistic, the exact statistic, but I remember having a conversation where a guy had said, well, you have to understand that like 70 or 80% of these guys were or claim to be have been taken advantage of when they were kids. And as a result of that, it stunted them in some way. And now they connect, you know, whatever, you know, um, you know, those acts with the age that they were taken advantage of or close to it. And I remember the guy said that he's like, so, you know, it's kind of messed up. And I went, you know, and I get that. And in that way, they're victims. Like, I feel for you. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel for you that this guy went through that. But that created a monster. And we can't. And as unfair as it is, you can't let monsters roam society. So do I feel for you? I feel for your plight. I feel for what happened to you. It's unreasonable. It's not right. But it happens to lots of people that don't turn into this. Absolutely. So I feel for you, but you can't walk around society. That's that's always like a, an excuse that I give them to like kind of confess to stuff. Because like I'm like, 
Like, I, I try to always fit in. Did anything happen to you when you were younger? And if they say yes, I'm like, oh, okay. So now I understand why this is happening. You weren't born like this. You were created. This is right. unfair what happened to you. So you are here to do this. Like, yeah. Yes, but I know. You give but, them but an out. Yeah, give them an out. But, um, yeah, I totally agree with you, regardless of what happened. Like, okay, if I get robbed, am I going to go rob somebody now? I don't know. I, I, I guess right. you can't compare that to, like, a, a, an a SEX crime. Right. But, like... You know, you know, and if that's the case, like if that's a valid excuse, how come the women that get the women that get, you know, victimized, how come they don't go do it? Right. You know, all the women are they, they it happens to them and they become extra against it. And maybe there's I mean, maybe there's some innate difference when it happens. Yeah, some, to, some people are more susceptible to, you know, and and, and, right. and that's and that's horrible. That's right. a horrible thing. But once again, it's like sorry. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like saying I was I was born poor and everything everybody I know is a drug dealer. And so I sell drugs. Well, I understand that's that's certainly a contributor, but there's lots of people in your neighborhood that have regular jobs. Right. They were born poor. Their parents were drug dealers. Their parents were in and out of prison. Like, that's an excuse. You know, in a way, it's an excuse. Like, I get it. It is a contributing factor, but it doesn't happen to everybody. Not everybody lets that take over their lives and, right. and make that. Yeah, because in the end, it, it has to be in your mind. That you have to be capable of doing it. Like, no matter how many times... Like no matter how many times some things can be shoved in my face or whatever, some things I'm just going to be always be adverse to. Right. And obviously, they were still born in a way to where they're not adverse to that. Like, like their their, their minds or their genetics are still, or their mind is still created in a way that they're capable of doing that if something happens to them or whatever. And you know, there was one guy that we caught. Um, gosh, I really feel for this guy. Sadly, um, he just had he had so many so many people that he did this to. And he was obviously like very messed up. Like his, you can see this video on Rumble. It's like an ordained minister that we caught, and his wife was or is, I'm sorry, 23 or 24 years old now. Met her when she was 10 years old online when he was 36, and just she's very emotionally stunted. He would like solicit, uh, you know, n u d e s from her. As a kid, he said he told me that he still had a folder of her pictures from when she was like 11 and 12 on his phone. And, you know, he said what happened to him is that um, satanic ritual abuse happened to him when he was two to, between two and five years old. And it stinks. I mean, I, I believe it happened to him. I believe that's a very real thing. I mean, look at uh, Balenciaga, you know. I think all that stuff's real. But still, I mean, he knows how bad it is. He knows how much it messed him up. And now when he called his wife on the phone, she was in the hospital for, like, mental issues now. Because, of course, of course she is. And he like just talked, hey baby, this and that. And he had diapers like around the house because he likes to do age play. He likes to put her in diapers and do all this stuff to her. I mean, he's just so screwed up. And you know, got to the point where yeah, I'm sad for him, but I don't care what happens to him now. I mean, he's there's no excuse for these people. Like, I mean, to everybody, do not take sympathy with these people. They are so sick. Um. So are so how long do you plan on continuing to do this? Well, I mean, I take. Are things, you going to be a cop? I mean, are like I you, want to, right. I want to, but I take I take things day by day. Like I don't really. Uh, I always, in some capacity, I always want to be in a position where I can get, um, you know, bad people uh, that do this type of stuff off the streets right. and go save children. Whether that's going to run for office one day or be a police officer, I want to do this in some capacity or continuing to do this. But I mean, my immediately, my immediately, my immediately, my immediate Media, plans. Yeah. As for, I like glitched out for a sec. <laughs> Um, for now, um, you know, until I settle down with my girlfriend and we have like beautiful babies together, um, I'm going to keep doing this. And hopefully, um, when we settle down somewhere, I'm going to go be a police officer in whatever area, but so, um, so 
basically you 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 have a, a rumble channel how long have you had the rumble channel I've had the Rumble channel for a couple months now. Is it working out as well as the other platform? Yeah, well, way I mean, better or no? Not I mean, not yet. I mean, you know, I mean, I have some favorite channels that I like to watch on many platforms, but um, yeah, I mean, the Rumble's doing pretty all right. It's good. Uh, okay, so there's not no issues. No, no, oh, okay, no okay. issues. Yeah. Well, because I because I, I was thinking about doing a rumble channel, like moving some stuff. I have, I have a ton of content at, the, at this point, like starting a channel and moving it over there. Um, also, uh, have, so do you ever watch? Um, is it uh, it's Puggy Pug or? Yeah, if you want to see some awesome videos, definitely go watch Puggy Pug on YouTube. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just some very uh, very 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 weird stuff on that channel. Um, I would recommend to go check it out, and also go check out uh, PP Southeast Texas. Those are just my personal favorite channels to go watch. Um, if you want to see this type of content and these people getting confronted, um, but yeah, that's just those are just my personal favorite channels. Um, those are the only two I'm going to plug because I just like them so much better than every other channel. Right. So yeah, yeah. You do you um. So are there a lot of is there a lot of editing in the videos? Because I noticed. It, it, you know, there was there were parts that were cut out. Like it was that, that one video was like forty five minutes, right? Um, so well, how much was trimmed down, or was there was it just in its entirety? Well, we don't really trim anything down per se. I mean, we do. So basically, we live stream the catches too. So the live streams going, 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 continuous. Um, you know, it's privated on. Um, you know, it's just private on whatever platform we're using, and so. As for the camera stuff, like basically if the cops are just kind of talking to him and it's like 20 minutes at this point, we're like, okay, just cut the camera off. The live stream's going. The cops have their cameras going. We just want to make sure everything's documented by either us or the cops. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, there were like, there were jump cuts in the video, but nothing that we said to him was cut out. You know what I mean? So, you know, it cut to where the cops were talking to him, whatever. Then they end up like letting him go. They say, we got to go. The decoy in Illinois has to go up to Pennsylvania to give his phone to them. I don't understand why they're doing that, but whatever. And then I just pull Angel aside. That's the guy's name. And I got the daycare he works at. Cause I'm like, okay, well, if he's not going to, if him getting a van and crossing state lines, isn't enough to go arrest him on the spot after admitting to wanting to do stuff with very, very young ladies under 18, then whatever, at least I'm going to get his daycare and make sure he's away from them. And, you know, I ended up calling the daycare a couple of days ago and, uh, yeah, he's gone. So. I don't even, um, okay. I don't know. What else do you want to, you want to cover anything else or. So what, what, first I have a question. Are you like living out of hotels? No. Oh, okay. Um, I got, a, I got an apartment. Um, it's so, it's so, it's so dirty. Um, it, it, that's all my fault though. Right. But like, you know. And a good, a good excuse, like I tell everybody, and uh, you know, I tell them because like, when my girlfriend moves in, you know, she's she's cleaning that, you know what I'm saying. But um, good excuse I tell everybody is I keep it dirty on purpose so I can keep working and just doing this across the country. Um, totally has nothing to do with me being lazy and a slob at all. It's it's because I'm so motivated to go do this that I never stay in there. Well, because like right now you're leaving here to go right. to another state. Right, like, right. You're not. It's not like you're not even going in Florida. You're like as soon as you get leave here. Like you've got to leave by a certain time. You're getting in your car. You're driving for four or five hours or six. Hours. I don't know how long. It seven, is. yeah. Seven hours to to grab somebody um, that's already prepared to be someplace, you know. And then you were like, what uh, was it? A couple of days ago, you were somewhere else. Like, yeah. I mean, how often are you are you grabbing? Gosh, these guys are trying to think. So, I mean, let's take November. So November, the second to the twelfth, I was gone. Then the 19th to the 22nd 
and then you pass. So I guess like half the month I'm probably gone. No, I'm saying half. Uh, how often are you grabbing people? Like yeah, one, like once, probably once like a, half the month. Yeah. So like, I'm saying, is that four people? Is that three? Is it? 10? Oh yeah, like literally, like probably this month we've caught probably around like twelve to fifteen. And that's and it's you and it's so are you on the are you actually like texting or is this you have a crew of or some other guys that are actually doing the. Uh, it's it's a combination. So we probably have like four four to five people that are just kind of texting. That's their main thing. But I mean, I'm logged into almost all the accounts and I'm like right. doing it too. And then when it comes to like meeting time, like I'm the one in the area that knows exactly what I'm going to be there. So I take that over then. But I mean, the guy that, uh, gosh, for example, the guy in Arizona that was into doggies and infants, I mean, the texting to him, I probably did 90% of it. And then of course the actual decoy did the video call with him. Do these guys ever bolt like do you ever walk up and say hey so what's going on and they go done and just take off yeah if they were smart that's what they would do like <laughs> sometimes the whole like hey man i just got to talk to you sometimes they're like i don't see your badge you're, you're wearing like a freaking uh, walmart t-shirt like i'm just getting the heck out of here you know but um yeah but no most of the time they stay because you know their, their first thing is like i gotta explain myself like i guess it's like their natural yeah, yeah i think they want they're trying to explain them the, the situation oh if, if i explain it correctly he'll understand he'll cut me a break like this what, what are you gonna say yeah yeah if i just tell him that i'm not really here for what i was saying the past three months i was gonna do like, right and you know it's, it's great but um you know my, my advice to them um you know just trying to make it fair here my advice to them would probably be to run away from me but <laughs> let's hope they don't watch this so um has anybody ever gotten violent? Anybody ever? Because I thought I saw one video where the guy was yelling at you. Yes. Um, we've definitely had some hostile people. Um, the only one that actually got physical was an individual named Lorenzo, which is on the Rumble channel. Um, he was one of the first ones in 2019. He he was just insane. Like He wasn't like uh, physically uh, imposing or anything, but... He just—he was like so pompous about being caught. Like he just—he tried to hit the camera, but he ended up like scratching the cameraman, like just barely like this. I mean, I'm just very glad that like the only guy that got violent was like a 20 year old effeminate twink. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't like I'm glad it wasn't like somebody that did like 20 years in the pen. And, right. You know. Well, I mean, you're a big guy. Yeah. You know what? What? what you're like what six? Six what, four. Six four. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're a, yeah. That's that's massive. I mean, to me, especially to me, I'm tiny. So you're massive. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't see anybody getting. It's. It just. It just kills me. Like when I would watch the TV shows, and listen. Here's what's funny: is in prison, guys would go and watch. Keep in mind the what half the people there were there for. The guys would go and they would get twenty guys would get around and they'd watch the TV show, and they would just let's just like you know, laugh and and just you know and, and or shake their heads and you know and then. You know, these guys are all there and they know what they're watching. It's, it's a super uncomfortable situation. Um, and every time, like, I would sit there and, I, and, and I'd see him go and they'd sit down. They'd sit down and I'd go, oh, my God, why is he sitting down? Or the some guys would get up and run and then the cops would pounce on him. Right, right, right. So I was just wondering if anybody ever took off. Um, yeah. yeah, quite a, quite a few. Quite a few. I wouldn't say quite a few, but very rarely they do. Like, we, we got a guy in his truck the other day. And he, I'm like, hey, Terry. He's like, that's not even my name. Then he just. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is what it is. What do you do? You, do you try and follow them or. Um, yeah, I used to kind of do that. But then I realized like when I was like 19, 
Uh, I engage in say more uh, risk taking behaviors um, in my car um, right. then, but yeah, now it's like okay, well, there's always the next one. We got a license plate. Let's just go from there. Right. I was going. I'm sorry. I was just going to say like you've got so many. You know, like there's another guy in two days. There's another one in four days. There's another right. like like at that point you don't you don't even have to, you know, um, you don't even have to pursue anybody because you've got so. It sounds to me like you've got so many people that are you know throwing lines out there all the time. Yep. Last time I counted how many people we were talking to, it was like 80. And as many, what's so, what's so messed up is as many times as you throw a line out, you almost get, you almost catch fish. You know, I don't know. Literally anyway. never fails, man. I mean, the apps that we go on. So there's a difference. Like, okay, if you're on a dating app, like say Grinder or something, they're expecting to someone over 18. Like nobody goes on Grinder saying, oh, I'm going to go try to find kids on here because it's an over 18 app. But, you know, when they come across a kid, they're like, well, I don't mind, you know, but they're not expecting one, you know. Right. But when you're on, like, basically, you know, d there's the dating apps and there's the social media apps. Like, the social media apps, like Instagram or something, people are on there looking for children. Like, they follow, like, this guy that we Young call, adults. Yeah, yes. Look, looking for children to, you know, help boost them. But they will go after, like, young adults, yeah. you know. They're just, you know, they're good people, of course, right? But, um, you know, so we call this guy in Divine, Texas, which is, like, a little bit south of San Antonio. And... Instagram is so blatant about this. Like, you know, Twitter tries to like a whole thing with Elon Musk and Twitter is he's saying he's like trying to take away this basically this illicit material on the platform. Uh, there's a ton of it. You know, people say like, oh, it's not actually a big issue. No, there's whole communities of these people that use these certain hashtags. Like when there's a the hashtag Dropbox, um, you know, Dropbox, like the app or whatever, yeah. you can send files. But, you know, they can't specifically, uh, allegedly they can't post this stuff on Twitter, but they can post a Dropbox, and in the Dropbox, I didn't, I didn't see for myself, but I can put two and two together. Like the same people that want to want a younger lady under eighteen are clicking on this draw. I can put two and two together with what's in the Dropbox, and you know they they use these easy ways to get around it. It's like um, you know where, where you just basically see a house with like one small gate, and you can just walk around the gate and get into the house. That's basically all these social media apps, firewalls, and whatnot. It doesn't do anything to stop them. And, you know, so on Instagram, we caught this guy in Divine, Texas. Um, he's literally following a page that's for maps and AAMs. A map is a is a minor attracted person and an AAM is an adult attracted minor. And he's just following a page for them. The page is just allowed on Instagram. Um, and I'm sure they're just posting nasty stuff on there. It was a private page. But when I saw that he followed it, I knew that he was a guy that was into looking at some type of images. So he goes to meet who he believes to be this uh, 13 year old. And, you know, basically then he confessed to looking at some of these images and now he's going to be, should be arrested any day. Now he confessed to the detective as well a couple days ago. So any day really should happen. Um, I was going to say cheese, but what you ever heard cheese pizza? Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a code word. Oh, there's yeah, a, a ton of code words, right? They, yeah. Yeah. They'll have a whole conversation in front of you. You don't even got a fucking clue what's going on. Like I'm like, like, it doesn't quite make sense, like, what these two guys are saying, but eh, to them it certainly does. Right, right. Like, it, it's confusing. Like, with someone like me, I could say, oh, I love cheese pizza, and people would, like, no. But then when I see these predator, these, uh, these adults that are going after younger ladies start using this word, I'm like, uh, well, I'm, I'm a vegetarian pizza lover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's just very... Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I've known about that hashtag for probably like two years now. Like right. them starting using it, and you know, there's tons of those pages on Instagram that just advertise like you know, pizza, 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 and sickening. And then they also use this code word called unicorn. Um, I don't know exactly what unicorn 
I forgot what, it, but it's something you do with a, it's something you do with like a young, younger lady under eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there was a guy in Oregon named Fred Hendricks Jr. who we got. He was so calm for eight months. Like you know, I, they, they all. They, he, there's one reason he's texting an eight year old, right? But he was so calm for eight months, like just, hey, how are you today? Good. Oh, work was fine. Okay, like very cordial conversations. And then he's like, when we hang out, I just want to bring you a unicorn. And at the time, I was like. See, like I was like, I was just like, dude, just get to the point already. Like I was just thinking this, like, come on, man. But then when I found out, what, found out what unicorn actually meant, I was like, oh, this guy was way like so depraved. And we ended up getting him. He ended up being one of the worst. He said like one sexual message, uh, but I didn't know he was on the sex offender registry. And he just confessed to so many victims. And he's currently serving three and a half years in Oregon. And in Oregon, that's probably like a very, very long sentence. Well, you know what's funny is that like in the state will give them these sentences of like three years, two right. years, four years, and yet if they're caught with you know viewing cheap you know cheese pizza, right, right, you know on the internet, like like the minimum of having just like one image is like three years in, right. in the feds, and typically these guys are coming in with they're coming in with five, ten, fifteen, twenty year sentences in the feds. They had a guy from Germany who had been talking to an FBI agent that he thought was a 13-year-old boy, and he was in Germany. He got on a plane from Germany and flew to the United States. Dang. They arrested him in the airport. Like, they didn't even set the guy. They didn't even, right, they right. Didn't even like, listen, you just, we have these horrific messages or, or uh, horrific, um, you know, a string of texts going back and forth, and you just got on a plane. Like, you don't have a prayer. So his... His, so he ended up going to trial and trying to say, listen, in my country, I have not broken the law. Like the, the age of consent is whatever it was. It, it is like 13 or 14. And the, and the person he was talking, he's like, so in my country, I haven't broken the law. They're like, yeah, but you were talking to someone in the United States and you flew to the United States. So you were intending to do this to someone in the United States and break the law. Like, yeah, he goes, yeah, but in my country, I haven't broken the law. Like I going there to do it and not doing it isn't breaking the law. He went to trial. He lost. He got 25 years. Oh, my gosh. He tried desperately to get the to get the um, the German government to, like, come to his aid, like like their their version of like the U.S. attorney or their attorneys to try and say, look, send this guy back to us. You know, no, no harm, no foul. You can't do it. like they were. They weren't receptive to helping him <laughs> in any way at all. Uh, yeah, he was a. a, a Thin German guy walking around had twenty five years didn't know what to do he was done he's done like like they're not gonna cut you any slack at all with that charge especially in the uh, uh, in the justice system not in the federal justice system but it's all it always killed me like in the state had that been a state crime he'd have probably gotten two or three years right you know he'd have been on a registry somewhere he had three but in the feds man they they're handing out time like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean that's just such a porous excuse to use. Well, I'm not. I mean, he knew it was going to be illegal in America. Like, I'm sure he researched. Like, he. he I mean, he he knew. Well, like, it, it doesn't even matter if he didn't, if if he knew or not. This is a U.S. citizen, right? right. You know. Now I get it. And the laws in your country are different. Then great, stick to your country. Yeah, it, victimize your people. Yeah, it's like I mean, how many how many countries can you use that in? It's like 
it's like okay if a western white woman went to like um iran and just walked around in like a bikini everywhere yeah oh but i can do that in america dude they would laugh and better dude yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. like it's like not a good excuse but yeah i mean we get a lot of europeans um that do message us we don't really engage with them because i'm like okay i mean realistically i'm not going to get on a plane and go to france and get right. this guy because you know like I, I want to but the thing is like just logistically like how am i going to have phone service use google maps drive on driving on a different side of the road i think like what, whatever I mean, you gotta you gotta go with they gotta jump on a plane fly yeah. over here yeah um I was going to say, there was also a guy that got 10 years. He was a teacher, teacher of the year, like three years in a row. Oh, of he course. He used to brag about that. Um, he bragged about that in prison? Yeah. Yeah. He was he, he was like, well, you know, I was teacher of the year three years in a row. I was like, okay. Well, it's <laughs> not why you're here. He's been known to cure insecurity just with his laugh. His organ donation card lists his charisma. His smile is so contagious vaccines have been created for it he is the most interesting man in the world i don't typically commit crimes but when i do it's bank fraud stay greedy my friends support the channel join matthew cox's patreon he would go once a year to singapore and he had gone to singapore he had you know had you know inappropriate uh, relations with, you know, young, young girls mm -hmm. who were prostitutes, in, according to him, you know, in that country. And then he had come back to the United States and he had photographs on his oh, phone. Oh, okay. And he was uh, engaged in talking with other people online. Somebody got busted. The FBI had read the, had read the transcripts where he had talked about, listen, this is where you got to go. And, I, you know, oh, I, and he had sent pictures. So now you're distributing... And you've just admitted online this. So if they end up grabbing him, he ended up taking a plea for 10 years. Like, you can't go to trial. Right. The guys that go to trial get 25 years. So, like, take your 10. And But anyway. Yeah. We, 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 were, we run into a few that are kind of like that. Um, we're talking to a guy in the eastern part of the country. Um, he's He does, like, these, like, promoting, like, backpacking trips, like, Africa and stuff like that. And... There, there's another guy. Um, he never really engaged in the talk. I think that's because he's so careful. Like, it's so obvious what he's doing. It's so obvious with who he follows. But I think he just knew we were in the States. So he's not doing that talk with us. But his pictures were littered with him and these young boys. Like, you know, they were posted publicly on Instagram. Like, he didn't send us nothing. But, like, just you could tell. I mean, this guy's in these... Like these these like third world countries and just abusing the crap out of people, man. I mean, they do it. I mean, we 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 caught a Mormon missionary a couple weeks ago in Virginia. Um, I don't I don't know like why. Maybe that's why he was a Mormon missionary. He was only twenty years old too, and he was like I guess kind of in training or something. And it, it's nuts because they have to roll and patch it too. And he he was there with his friend. His friend had nothing to do with it, but you know, I basically lured him out of the apartment by going to the front office saying I got a package for him and because he can't give me the apartment number, but they can give me, they can call him and say, we have a package. So he comes around just like nothing happens and boom, we, we go get him. And then the cops come, he's being investigated right now. And I think, I think he will get arrested because we had, we had an arrest in that area too, a firefighter. So I think it'll turn out well, but so many of these people sick. We had a guy who, um, God, I wish I could remember this guy's name too. He was probably six one, six two, good looking guy. Um, had been in trouble before, but got probation mm -hmm. for the same thing. Right. 
Then he got caught with photographs. Went to went to uh, uh, went to Coleman for I want to say four or five years. He was there. I, he was there a few years that that I know of. Um, got out, and while on supervised release, violated his supervised release because what he said was I had an email address they didn't know about, and they found out I had this email address and they violated my probation. Now that's possible. You have to tell them all social media, everything. Even I have to tell them, hey. Here's my email addresses that I use. Mm. Here's my phone number. Here's my address. Like they have to come by. But he he had one that was an email address. And I remember thinking, well, I wonder how they figured out he had an extra email address. And why would you have one and not tell them? So he ended up getting uh, his probation violated. He came back. They gave him like whatever, 12 months or something. So he comes back. He's waiting to go, he's waiting to, to leave. You know, there was he was in um, already been in county jail for several months. Um, it's so funny too because I remember my ex-wife had come to see me, and we were in visitation, and she would always be sitting in visitation. She'd go, "What's that guy here for?" I go, "Him? <laughs> bank robbery?" She'd go, "Really?" I go, "Yeah, he robbed like five or six banks." She's like, "He's so fat," and I'm like, "I know, right? You would think like he's huge." I'm like, yeah. and I would tell her what he did because I knew like anybody who had semi-interesting cases, I knew. Um, and then of course, other inmates tell you about other inmates. Mm-hmm. And then she was, she was like, what about this guy? I was like, oh, this. And she goes, what about this guy? And I go, you'll never guess. And she goes, what? She goes, fraud, fraud. She's good looking. She goes, she's, he's smooth. She goes, con man, right? Fraud. And I go, no. She goes, bank robber? No. Truck dealer? No. And then I tell her what he's there for. And she's like, she goes, but he's so good looking. And I was like, I know. I was like, I know, right? Like he can have anybody. And but here's what happened. You remember I told you about the email address? Yeah. After a few months, he gets called up to the lieutenant's office to be served that email address he was using to communicate because it was connected to like a Facebook page or Facebook or something. He was communicating with like a thirteen or fourteen year old. Oh my god. And so they they to just to get him off the street. They violated his paper because they can do that just by saying we're violating while here for this. And that you can't, there's nothing you can do. You don't have rights. They threw him back in prison. They, they, the judge gave him 12 months while the investigate, he didn't want to tell anybody what there was an investigation. Well, they charged him. He was looking at something like six or eight more years or something. Dang. Um, you know, like being caught, got probation, caught again, went to jail on probation, did it again. And I'm telling you, this guy, this is what we called a sleeper. Sleeper was somebody that was like, no, he looks like a normal guy. Funny, nice. And, of course, when they get there, they try and tell – they would always try and tell you they were there for something else. Right, right, right. You know what always bothered me? They almost almost 95% of the time they pick fraud. That bothers me. You can't pick drugs. You have to sully fraud. You know, they would go – they'd be like, oh, I'm here for fraud. And go, well, what kind of fraud? Uh, Oh, credit card fraud. Credit card fraud. That's the charge? Credit card fraud? Yeah. Credit. <laughs> well, in the federal system, there's no such thing as credit card fraud. It's like access device fraud. It's bank fraud. It's financial institution fraud. There's no credit card fraud. And so, and so already now I'm looking at the guy going, no. And I'm like, and I go, really? What would you do? You know, and you start, and I let him tell me this long story that makes no sense at all. The way they imagine credit card fraud works. I go, where would you get the social security numbers? Well, how would you get this? How would you get the credit cards? 
uh, well, I, you didn't have mail to your house, did you? No, I, uh, uh, I had a mail to a P.O. box. Really? They mail credit cards to a P.O. box? They don't. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, and I just let him bury himself, bury himself. And I walk away. They go, hey, so what's that guy here for? I go, you know, boom, this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, cheese pizza. No. Yep. Yeah. You know, chomo. <laughs> chomo. He's a mo. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, like you saw uh, the University of Florida quarterback, like the backup, uh, Jalen Kitna, just got a uh, – he, you know John K- Kitna, right? The, I don't know anything about you, sports. You didn't watch any NFL in jail? No, I was writing books. Oh, you're right, you're right. You're doing something productive. Okay. My, Listen, my the guys that are watching sports, and it's they're all massive screaming, hollering. I can't stand screaming and hollering. Yeah, I got Get you, but he—he's like the son of an NFL quarterback. He's playing on the Florida Gators team. He's like the backup quarterback, 19 years old. He just got busted for uh, he, he got busted for um, possession. Um, and, you know. Oh, oh man! Hey, while I was incarcerated, two correctional officers got busted. That worked for at your place. Well, one was in the medium. This was a guy, Lieutenant Zachary. I only remember his name because he bawled me out one time, threatened throw me in the in the shoe after I'd been there like two weeks. And I, I had my chair, you know, there's two tier system where, and there's like a, you know, like a balcony that goes wrap around. You've seen prison shows like that prison was like a real prison. And I was, had my chair sitting on the second tier watching TV and he goes, you, you. And I was like, yeah. And he, I've thrown people in the shoe for like, he just balls me out. So everybody's looking. I'm like, what did I do? And he's like, you, you know, you have your, you're sitting in your chair on the, up against the railing. And I was like fuck is your problem like okay tell me to just tell me like i just got here you know but anyway probably two weeks three maybe a month later somebody came to me and said bro did you see the paper boom like they had he went to like a Publix to meet some 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 kid who was like a a 14 year old you know girl or something and and to me bam they grab him did it end up being like a cop or was it like oh yeah yeah, it was a cop it was all a sting it was all a sting oh my god another guy used his computer at the facility like was looking at stuff on the facility and he same thing it was an fbi sting he was in a chat room he got messed up but it wasn't it was what was so horrible was that they actually have things on the computers like to to spot stuff like that so somehow or another they actually knew what he was looking at. There was a log of it. He, on him. he was, wasn't even trying. Like, you're surrounded by these guys. Like, you're not even making an attempt. You're just brazen about it. He, uh, yeah, all same thing. They walked him off the compound. Like, they came and got him on the compound. Jeez. You know, grabbed him and walked him off. We never saw him again. Listen, the, the, the correctional officers at a lot of these facilities are just, they're, they're, they're mania. I mean, DUIs, they get into fist fights with each other. I mean, they're just, you know, these are the guys that, like, they, couldn't quite be law enforcement. Right, you know, right, a lot right. Of a lot of times they're just nice guys. You know, maybe they did some military time. They got out. This looks like an easy gig. I really don't want to be a cop. I just want to kick back. And those are the guys that are okay. Those are the COs that you're like, he's all right. Like, he's not. He's just here to get a check. But some of them are just, they're like sadists. They're there to make your life miserable. And they don't have the temperament to be a police officer. Yeah, we, we caught a we caught a CEO in um in Bellmead, Texas, which is McLennan County. That's where Waco is. You know where Baylor's at. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where that is. Yeah, he yeah he was a correctional officer, and he was attempting to solicit who he believed to be a younger lady under eighteen, five years under eighteen, thirteen, and he. I mean, he just didn't really see much wrong with what he was doing. Like he's like, I'm sorry, I won't do this again. But 
he was like, what, I'm like, when did this all start for you? So basically, long story short, he talked about how he video called uh, one five-year-old, like a 15-year-old. And he, and I'm like, okay, so was she naked? And he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, did you look? He's like, well, who wouldn't look? I'm like, uh. Most people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but you know, in the video, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Exactly. I can't blame you. And then, you know, this is as he has a sick wife who's dying. Um, He's just sick i mean and then it's it's sad too because his dad was a ceo and his dad was there during the catch and basically you know with these two people being in like like his dad was there so what you he didn't come to meet you with his dad you guys went to him right right Oh, okay and so his his dad is his dad was also like a former ceo and just just like they just had no idea that i was even going to call the cops like these two these two you know cops pretty much they just had no idea that I was trying to get them to confess on... Well, it, the dad had nothing to do with it. But I, he had no idea I was trying to get his son to confess on camera. And his son's like 50 years old. They just had... They're so clueless. Like, they don't ever plead... You know, I, I know they can't plead the fifth to me. I'm a private citizen. But they never just shut up and just say, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done. They're just so stupid. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah he, he got arrested or whatever. Well, I think also being a... a well, I mean, in general. But in, in, in general, also, uh, correctional officers feel like they're, they're law enforcement. Yeah, and, and they are law enforcement. They are so they're law enforcement, and for some reason, some law enforcement—not all of them—but some law enforcement feel like, as a result of being law enforcement, they're above the law. Like it doesn't really apply to them. Well, you know, it does, but, but I guess because they've been in that situation, and a lot of times they protect their own to such a degree, they start to instead of realizing like, "Wow, I dodged a bullet. I need to straighten up." They don't. They become emboldened by it, and they get even more risky. They're or could they conduct even more risky behavior? Yeah, I mean, we're talking to another CEO now. He's in a, he's in like oh, he's in Oklahoma. He's not he, he's not ready yet. You know what I mean? He's careful. Like he's 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 a, he's a little bit less stupid than the one in uh, Texas, but he's already told me that he's viewed some images before. But you know, it's just technically not enough right now that he's done it in the past. He said like that's all he said so far. And I'm sure when I confront him in person, I'll know more. But you know he's getting close. It's been a, it's been a couple months. He calls us sexy at this point to, to an eleven year old girl, and it's like so the pictures the pictures we use. Um, the girl now is twenty five years old, but we use her pictures from when she's actually like uh you know that age. So nobody can say, well, she's actually um you know this is twenty five being passed off as they say. No, this is an actual picture of her from when she's this age. So there's no excuses, and um, yeah, I mean he I think he's just very sick, and um, I think he's. He said the other day that he was watching some stuff on his phone. He didn't say what kind it was, so it could have been adults. But he's getting very close, and I, and I can't wait to go get him. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, do you have anything else you can think you want to? I know you're. I mean, I know there's a time where you said, you know, we're coming up on one. Oh, already? Yeah. Well, oh, bro, I'm a talker. I'm a talker. It's been fun. It's been fun. I mean, <laughs> I wish we could, you know, talk more openly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things that I just, you know, you, I just don't want to get. You, there's actually a guy. Do you remember Brett? Uh, um, Brett Johnson. You know, his, t- his channel got taken down. So th- this guy came here. Super cool guy. Um, um, scammer. And, uh, you know, came here like he had, had like a huge case, like, mm-hmm. like it, as far as being like, 
you know, if you could say like the fraudster scammer kind of, you know, uh, subculture, you know, he's like at the top, like he's like the everybody, everybody, every, every scam artist out there like knows who Brett Johnson is, right? So he came and he had a channel and it's just it kind of started it and was doing, doing, you know, semi doing well, starting to get going. <coughs> he did a, I think he did a Zoom interview with a woman that was, and, and I, I only got it through a text with mm-hmm. him. So I believe it had to do with um, kind of like, um, like sugar daddies, like guys that are paying women that they're, they're going to college and. Kind of like that, right? Kind of, right, right. You know, I think yeah. I forget the name of it, but, but yeah, where you they basically pay them and they, they pay their for their you know whatever their living expenses, right. whatever. And they they try and say that it's not prostitution, you know. They try and say it's not you know that, but it is, right? You know. Um, and so he had this conversation with this woman. This is what I under, for, This is what I'm. Mm-hmm. I may be off, but mm-hmm. on uh, on a Zoom podcast, like what she was doing, she's running the site. She's this what he put that up. And they took down his entire website and everything. He he's like, he's trying. He's like, I'm trying to appeal it. I don't understand what happened. It's the only thing I can think of. I put the video up within like 24 hours. It got shut down. Everything was wiped. Was taken off. Was she like? She wasn't like nude. Or no, anything. no, no, no. Like, like he's he's saying like I I don't understand what happened. Like he he was and this was a couple months ago because people were in my comment section telling me, hey bro, you know Brett Johnson's his channel's down like the whole thing's down like so you can't evil, even find man. it so he then so i contacted him i said hey bro what's going on he said man listen this is what happened he told me he said i'm hoping to have it back up in a couple weeks well uh, a couple weeks ago which now had been like two months was probably a week or two ago i asked him if it was back it's not back up i mean i can see that it's not back up and he said i have no idea bro i'm moving he said we, we're, we're i'm hoping to get it up we're trying we're disputing we're trying to figure out what's happened i'm moving everything to rumble and that's what that's you know so yeah i think that's a good move for anybody because you know and you know what's crazy about youtube um you know you there's these videos of you know they definitely have a they definitely have a fa- they definitely play favorites and there's these videos of you know and the, these people have kid audiences there's you know there's like these reaction channels that go ahead and they like you know they get into they they, they display like sex toys on the camera, on the camera for people to go see, and you, you know, kids are watching. They're like, and then these are like OnlyFans, um, you know, T H O U G H T, you know, thoughts in the head, of course. Those type of people, they they get to just be super, super hypersexual, and then there's these videos of like Brazilian wax. And like I don't go watch these videos, but right. I, I hear this stuff. Like when, when I'm like, yeah, YouTube's uh, really clamping down on um, people trying to do good things. They're like, what? Well, this is allowed on YouTube. This is allowed. Like I don't watch too much YouTube, you know. But um, you know, they allow all of this stuff. But if somebody's actually trying to do something good or give insightful info on things or to actually educate people, they're really not a friendly platform for that. And I, I think there's something way bigger at play than uh, they let on. Yeah, so based on the algorithm or based on you know videos we've seen, like my my analytics, mm-hmm. like say that my channel should be blowing up, should be blowing up, like right. like people are watching like more than twenty five percent of my videos, nice. like 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 I'm doing three sometimes four videos a um, a week, like we've been we've never dropped off, we've been consistent for two years, like the right. whole thing, but and for some reason it just I, I have people telling me, bro, I like I don't. 
I don't get notified. Like I've got the bell on. I don't get notified of your videos. I thought you hadn't posted in two weeks. I went and checked and you've posted like six videos. I hadn't, I'm not. And then they'll like, I unsubscribe, resubscribe, hit the yeah. bell. Like they'll do the whole thing over again. And, and I've had that. It's not like it's three people. Right. I've had right. dozens say that. So, and the only thing I remember I was talking to this guy and I'll let you go. Um, I was talking to this guy one time and I said, I, I said, I know what I've been shadow banned. And I know why I used to have a Trump painting up here. And this is what, like, I like, and I'm like, the Trump painting got me shadow banned. That's what it is. It could. It's it, it's very possible. I think I've been shadow banned like for a month before, because I could tell, like, you know, in the live live streams we get like you know close to two thousand, but now we're getting like fourteen hundred, and the video views are going way down. But that was just for a month. But other than that, like, you know, especially when, especially since you know I, I do stand with a certain country and stuff like that. I mean, you see, you see, yeah. you see the amount of views like on this on that channel, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, 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 it that doesn't make it's outrageous. It doesn't make sense. You know what's yeah, so funny is, yeah. like a year ago, when I first kind of well, I'm sorry, a year and a half ago when I first started, so I had maybe ten, ten or fifteen thousand views or, or subscribers. I probably had two months straight, maybe three months, where I was getting three thousand to thirty five hundred new subscribers every month. Good. And 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 the videos were getting, you know, four or five thousand, six six thousand views. You know, not a whole bunch. Now my videos get twice as much, and I get about a thousand, maybe eleven hundred new subscribers a month. And I'm putting out twice as much content, and and it's even longer content. Right. I was putting out thirty minute videos to an hour videos and getting thirty five hundred new subscribers. Now I'm putting out two hour and two hour videos, sometimes four hour videos, and I'm getting a thousand new subscribers a month. This doesn't make sense. It's, yeah. I mean, there's there's no explaining it. I mean, I, I think I think I understand it, but like, yeah, man. I mean, there's it, it's like with sub count doesn't really matter because you know back when I did have a 150k sub channel in the in the live streams, you know you know. It would be the same amount of people as like with a 40k sub channel like that i mean the video the video views were different yeah but like the live stream views like okay why are the same amount of people like it's it's very strange very strange well you know hopefully hopefully things change hopefully uh you know i'm just pushing through it but i i appreciate i appreciate you driving yeah rumble <laughs> i appreciate you driving here I appreciate you uh, coming. Thanks for squeezing me into your, you know, your schedule. Appreciate y'all having me, man. And um, so, do you have any other any platforms that you want to uh, push? I mean, I know your favorite is your. You've got you. I know uh, Puggy Pug. I know you love. that I channel. love that guy. I love um, it. Just my favorite dog channel, and um, you know, I like uh, PP Southeast Texas. You know, that's also a great channel. Um, a lot of interviews with people across the country on that channel. Very insightful, I'd say. Um, and then on Rumble, my channel that I own on Rumble, it's called um, Predator Poachers. So you can just type in Predator Poachers on Rumble. Got about 7K subscribers, and um, hopefully we get that up soon. Hopefully Rumble gets up and coming because I'm so sick of having to go around and just, you know, say say what I mean but not really say it. You know what I right. mean? But, like, um, yeah, but I appreciate it. My Instagram is Sick and F-I-D-D-Y-S-I-C. And um, my Snapchat for the ladies is... Um, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody adds me anyway, but uh, that, that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. All right. So, hey, um, I really appreciate Alex uh, coming by, and I appreciate you guys watching this video. 
Do me a favor, and if you like the video, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Leave me a message in the uh, in the comment section. I try and respond to almost all comments, even if it's just a heart, but a lot of times I'll respond if it's worthy of, resp of a response. Um, also, I have a Patreon. I got books for sale. Everything, all the links are in the description. I really appreciate it. So thank you and see ya.